Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Rose Tinted Reels podcast. I am your co-host, Zach, and you the heck are? I the heck am, Allison. <laughs> so, you know what? This is a podcast. It is. Much like any other, we talk at you, you listen, we yammer for a good two to three to four to maybe five hours. But likely you'll only get two and a half of those. Yeah, that well, Gremlins came out two and a half hours. I chopped a good hour and a bit out of that one. I so between that one and I think Karate Kid actually recorded pretty long. I'm not envying you for having to to edit those. Yeah, I think the longest was the longest recording, a little over five hours that we had. Yeah, and I think that was for Indiana Jones Two Temple yeah. of the more Dumb. we hate it, the more we talk about. <laughs> I just had I just I just made a really funny, clever joke that is really original. No one's ever done before. Uh huh temple of dumb right yeah no because it was dumb (laughs) (laughs) i i expect better of you well i expected better of that movie oh there you go we're we're both disappointed (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't have to (laughs) you i'm sorry you inflicted temple of dumb on me listen it was required to get us to the third we are completionists. You would have done it without me had I not even. I am going to continue to complain about that movie. That's fine. Till the end of time. That's fair. I think that is your least favorite we've done so far. So That's the only one I've actively hated. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some melting dishes of ice cream in front of us. Yes, it demands some amount of urgency out of us. We have to get through <laughs> this first. So you, you brought over some very interestingly flavored ice creams. Yes, Earl Grey and Honey. And olive oil, sea salt. And these are both made from a local small vendor, Taharka Brothers Ice Cream in Baltimore. They're a really great company. They support a lot of inner city Baltimore school systems and they provide job training. Genuine question. Can we let them know that we're doing this and get a little bit of that cash? I, I wouldn't ask cash from them because they're a small business that do good works for people. Yeah, but we're advertising for them. I'd more want to just bring awareness to their organization. I think we could help each other. Maybe. And, and, you know, maybe that could get us some more Baltimore listeners. Yeah. I mean, we're we're a small business, too, or at least we're trying to be. Yeah. That, that would require a lot, <laughs> a, more, a lot more listeners than money. Yeah. So I have blind dished the two different flavors for Zach to try. And the reason I did this instead of some of their other less adventurous flavors is because I know one, Zach likes salt. So I thought that the olive oil sea salt would be interesting. And he also likes tea. So I thought Earl Grey would be interesting. That's right. So now I know that they're slightly different colors. I'm now covering and I've forgotten which is which. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to look at them when I taste taste them. But do you know the difference? Yes. You know I, which I put which. them in different dishes so I would know the difference. All right. I am going to look. And also so that we don't have a recurrence of Mikey the sensor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sample this and we are not going to talk. It will be silence. And then I will come back and let you know what I think. Okay. Well, hello again, everybody. It's me, Mikey the sensor. Oh, dear goodness, dear listeners, they've done it to me again. Look, I don't want to be the bad guy. They come in here with ice cream treats, and they want to slip slaps kapooey with a little bit of ice cream in their mouths. And what is that? Is that good audio? Look, I say no, it isn't. It's not good, but they will continue to do it. So, you know what? I answer to a higher authority than Zach and Allison. Look, it's not up to me anymore. It's out of my hands. I got to scrub. I've got to spend hours scrubbing this stuff clean. 
removing all manner of objectionable material. Because quite frankly, these two are disgusting individuals. So, as many times as they think they're going to bring treats in here and make weird, disgusting chewing noises into your ear holes, I will be here for you. And you know what? I got a lot of love after my last appearance on here. And you know what? I say that's what the people want. The people want more censorship in their lives. They don't want to have the horrors of this world grating against their eardrums for hours on end. No. They want the show to be squeaky clean. So for all of the Mikey the Sensor fans out there, I'm sorry, guys. Though they are now suitably chastened and abridged, we must now go back to Zach and Allison. It, that, it, that's a fascinating... <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's fascinating. <laughs> Whoa. Monstrous, I say. The second flavor is so delightful. Yes. The second (laughs) flavor is much better. Though gun to my head, if I had to tell you what flavor this is. It's definitely more herbaceous than the first one. I I genuinely couldn't tell you what this tastes like. It's sweet. It's a little bit savory, maybe caramelly. It's it's good. This one's good. It's not as fascinating as the first one, but it's better. Try mixing them slightly. Why would I want to ruin this one? (laughs) No, it just, the interestingness, I think, complemented the herbaceousness of the second one. So do you have a theory of which one is olive oil and which one is Earl Grey and honey? I think that this one's Earl Grey and honey. He's pointing at dish two and he's correct. Okay. And this one's disgusting. (laughs) It's the olive oil. So I didn't think it was disgusting. What I thought was interesting about it is it was silky and it was definitely a little more luscious but the earl grey honey had this lovely sweet herbaceousness to it like an earl grey beverage almost it almost tasted like a frozen london fog mm. so that was to harker brothers ice cream i will say that they make their own peppermint patties so i actually even when it's hot outside get the sensation of feeling cold just by eating it not because it's ice cream but the mintiness is so strong this is a full-on ad for them. I feel like... <laughs> and uh, they're roasted strawberry because in roasting the strawberry gets a more caramelized, rich strawberry flavor. I've never had a strawberry ice cream. So strawberry-y. Strawberry-esque? Yeah. It's more strawberry than strawberry. Wow. It's like 110% strawberry. Exactly. Holy moly. It's good. It's good stuff. All right. Well, these people owe us money because we've just sold the <laughs> heck out of this product. Now, I'd, I'd prefer people to support them because of their, their school initiatives and the good things that they do in the community. Yeah. Support them for all these good reasons. They, they owe us a little bit of money. <laughs> anyway, so earlier before we started the ice cream, you were mm-hmm. leading into you have some news. It's nothing huge. I'm just working on a sequel to my original word game, Thinky Words. Ooh. In fact, you can see it if you'd like. That's really exciting. Are you going to have, like, I know in Thinky Words, the original, you had different options like Lord of the Rings dictionary. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to have all the same words and more. And there was a discover a word mode. I'm going to turn that into kind of a flashcard thing so you can learn. Mm -hmm. And you can also make your own words and entries so you can have like your own custom lists Mm -hmm. of words. So if you're trying to learn for like a medical exam, you can input like a bunch of medical terms and test yourself on them. That's really clever. 
will it, will it work for any international languages? Like, say, I wanted to put in Japanese flashcards. None of the word packs are going to be in other languages. I mean, they're all English, mm-hmm. but it should save in any language. So if you type in another language, it should save it that way. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, yeah, that should work. It could be its own uh, flashcard system in addition to specifically. Yeah, so I like I have the custom tailored words that I think are interesting. Anyway, but so it's got that and it's also got challenge mode mm-hmm. uh, from the original one. And uh, my phone's just gone off. I apologize for that. Oh my goodness, how is it always me? So yeah, I've got that cha- the original challenge mode and I've got another cool challenge mode cooking around in my brain. In your brain, please. Yeah. So anyway, this is what it looks like at the moment. And I, I'm thinking about like per word pack. So if you're using the Lord of the Rings word pack, it colors everything kind of like Lord of the Rings-ish. So like greens and golds. Yeah, like it looks like parchment paper or something like that. Ooh. Yes. And for, you know, Game of Thrones, it'll make everything kind of gray and dour. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, things like that. Because winter. Anyway, so I don't know what you think of this color palette. I'm still working. I'm workshopping the color palette. So for me, I am not a big fan of red. No? What's wrong with red? It's just, it's one of the more aggressive colors on the color spectrum, but it's very sleek looking. As always, you you have a good way of making things sleek and organized. You know, it'd be super swell. Mm. A secret word pack that you can only unlock after a certain amount of use for RTR glossary. You know, that's a good idea. How about this? I've got the standard thinky words word pack that I keep adding words to, but how about when you first get the app? You only have like half of them. Mm-hmm. You have to keep using it and get like a high score or something like that to unlock the next chunk. Prove your worth. I like this. Eh, you're crafty. Yeah. You're a crafty lass over there. Look at me. Coming up with ideas. And such. So that's that's my little piece of personal news. I'm working on my a little sequel to my game. I like it. I can't wait to, to sample it. Let oh. me know when it is available to sample. Indeed. In world news, I have a bit of an interesting thing that I just discovered. Yes. So you will not believe what is now trendy with the kids. Like, what is the new cool thing that's happening for kids? Ooh, are we eating Tide Pods again? No, it, we're, we're straying away from that. But we are going to a simpler time, a more robust time, a time of she's shanties. Sea shanties. Ooh, that's hard to say. Oh, I thought you were saying a, a, a she shanty as, as kind of like a she shed, <laughs> but you get a shanty instead. No, see like the ocean and then ah. shanty like the, the songs that sailors would sing. Like this is the the rage across the TikToks. Uh, okay. <laughs> you have to say the TikToks so people really know that you're not with it. <laughs> <laughs> the TikToks, you understand. Yeah, it's like... You're if, hip like me. If I was to say the Facebook, it's not the Facebook, it's just... Facebook. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Sea shanties. They're they're all the rage now. Why? I don't know. Sing me one. I don't know any. Play me one. Okay. Hold on. Well, here, play I, play it on this device that you know how to use because you're young and hip. <laughs> <laughs> Soon may the weathermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. <laughs> See, I love this. This is what I do by myself anyway. <laughs> I sing like this. Oh, this is the one I'm used to seeing. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Cheese. 
it's a little too polished. A shanty shouldn't be so polished. I also feel like I need to be at sea. <laughs> Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. I must say, I like it, though. Yeah. No, this is a good trend. Of all the trends that have happened, I think this is one of my favorites. Absolutely. Yeah. When she died down low. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and that rum. That guy's bass one is luscious. Oh, yeah. Is done, we'll take our leave and go. Was it the redhead at the front who was basing? Yeah. Good for us redheads. <laughs> oh, now I got a dubstep one. Well, that's not even dubstep. That's like dance. Oh, EDM or whatever. Yeah, dance. whatever. They're making it a bop. It's going to be at all the clubs if clubs were open. <laughs> uh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just kind of zoning out listening to this. This is great. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we better stop, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to look into this. I feel like I'm, I'm down with the youthful children for once. And I feel like that would be something that if you were a TikToker, you would participate in. I don't remember the last fad that I participated in. Yeah. I, I wasn't part of dabbing, and that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, dabbing. Yeah. I mean, well, people still dab. Yeah, they're, well, they're lame, not lame, with it, people. Yeah, I was going to say lame people, maybe. <laughs> or they're doing it to be ironic, like, <laughs> dab. I feel like even doing it ironically is lame now. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it, that time has come and gone and gone again. <laughs> so, yes, in podcast news, if you're done shantying. I'm never done shantying. <laughs> We have 60 likes on Facebook and, <gasps> and 70 on the RTR community face place. So that's strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little odd, isn't it? <laughs> now, we, we like you to talk about things, but we don't like your main page. So. <laughs> we don't want the official words. We yeah. want the, you know, the secret we, language. That we you want talk. the wink, wink, say, nudge, nudge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we want you what you say to the real fans. And so that's a good advertisement for our hearty R community face place. Come over there and sing shanties with us. Or at least that, because I will listen to a shanty, but I won't sing one. I'll sing a shanty. <laughs> oh, I'll sing a shanty. Anyway, yeah, so go to our RDR community face place and, uh, you know, hang out. Have fun. Yeah. Be with the cool crowd. You want to be cool, don't you? You idiot. <laughs> See, we have two different methods of uh, peer pressure. <laughs> like, yours is like, you know... <laughs> Dad making you hold a flashlight kind of energy. and <laughs> That's a really specific type of energy. <laughs> it's, you know, th there was, a, I think. Dad uh, making you hold a flashlight energy. No one can make you cry more than your dad trying to have you hold a flashlight. <laughs> You're not holding it. You're not looking in the right spot. I'm over here. <laughs> Get under my wrist. I'm like, look where my wrench is. <laughs> I don't know what you want, <laughs> and it's painful. <laughs> Recently on the uh, RTR community face place, we had a lively musical discussion about non-lead songs that we prefer in movies. Correct, Amundo. So there was a debate about the best non-main theme Star Wars song. And I won. <laughs> Is it because you said the last thing? 
No, it's because I'm a mod on the page, and so I, I <laughs> automatically win every argument. Gotcha. You can delete anyone who argues. <laughs> <laughs> the power. I feel the power flowing within me. Uh, no, so what I said was Luke's theme, which I take it to be Luke's theme, but I th- it may play out in other movies where Luke isn't, but it's the... I like that your version of an orchestral kind of sounds like a theremin orchestral version. Hang on. I can do a theremin. <laughs> that is very theremin There you go. <laughs> now, your contribution to the shanties are theremin shanties. Hey, <laughs> I can provide the theremin under track to people singing. Things we didn't know we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. What, what was happening? Oh, yeah. Star Wars. So what would you say? What's your favorite theme? Second favorite theme. So, so the main theme is beautiful. And that's but we're saying not aside from the main theme. What do we like? So there are two songs that come to mind. One is controversial and one I think is more popular. Cantina is- song. <laughs> so i think that's the more controversial one because people don't like associate that with like a powerful song but then i also love the imperial march so wait wait in (laughs) so wait (laughs) where are you ranking these two songs relative to each other personal enjoyment no no uh, uh, which would you rank higher than the other imperial march is definitely a beautiful better piece but but I just get a lot Holy, of Holy, pers- you're telling me that you like... It's just fun. Like, I, I don't think it's like the, the best written song or more clever or anything like that. But if I want to listen to something and just have like a good time. If yeah. it fills your heart with joy? Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Art is subjective. And if it fills your heart with joy, then it's good art. Yeah. Doesn't matter how sophisticated people can say it is. People like me with their snobbery ivory towers... Is this really like going to give me like a really bad underhanded <laughs> statement? Like, you know, far be it for me to say it's like the worst piece of drivel. Ever. I only know everything about music. So uh, don't listen to me. <laughs> You're so smug. <laughs> uh, oh, so I also have a little bit of podcasting news. Please. Do you have more podcasting news? No. Well, so I just, uh, this one's a slight re- uh, uh, reprimand. I wasn't warned that this was going to be a post-2000s movie. You didn't tell me that you were expending another golden buzzer. So I thought that the rule was I could be 2000 on the line and before. So no, that was my misunderstanding. Okay. You know, this is, your last golden buzzer was... uh, Tale of Two Sisters. Tale of Two Sisters, which was something like nine, ten episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Maybe the rule should be every ten episodes. Every 10 episodes, I get one. Every uh, every 10 episodes, someone gets one. Okay. Everybody gets one. <laughs> but primarily, it's going to be you, but maybe I'll step in occasionally. Yeah, because, uh, and, and actually, I guess in podcast news, is the, the plan is for Zach to assign for our 20th Spectacular. Exactly so. And so, do you want to go over my options? I've, I've formulated a little list of options that I will let you choose from. Do you want me to pre-screen it because in case there are things that I've seen on there? Well, that's I'm going to read them off to you right now, but I'm going to turn my computer away from you okay. lest you accidentally see my ratings at the bottom. All right. I'll put on my horsey blinders. Piggy blinders. All right. So <laughs> here are my suggestions for things we can watch for the 20th episode, which is happening, what, around my 30th birthday? Mm-hmm. Oh, Snatch. Seen it. Snatch. No. V for Vendetta. 
Seen it, of course. All right. Garden State. Seen it. Burn After Reading. That's the one with Brad Pitt. And George Clooney. Yeah. You have seen it? Yeah. Okay. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Seen it. Big Lebowski. Seen it. Cable Guy. <laughs> Cable Guy. Cable Glue Glah. Seen it. Crank. Yes, seen it. Okay, Fight Club. Seen it. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Seen it. Hot Fuzz. Seen it. At World's End. Seen it. I, I think yes. I've seen all of the uh, Carmelo. Isn't Carmelo. That they, isn't that what they call the the anything with Nick Frost and um, Simon Pegg mm-hmm. and directed by because Baby they Driver always guy. have like a Carmelo ice cream thing in there. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't know about that. Carmelo. And maybe they are, and I just yeah. didn't know. Idiocracy. Seen it. We just talked about that. Well, I just I knew, but I wanted to put it on there anyway. <laughs> a room with a view of hell, stairway yeah. of Satan. So have you seen Pond the, of Death? Have uh, you seen the Thwith material? Yes. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the Thwith material with Helen and Bottom Carter? Yeah, yeah. Was that before her uh, dalliance with uh, Tim Burton? <laughs> uh, yeah, she. I think she was only like twenty. Two or something. She like wasn't that. fully burdened. She wasn't burdened out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you've crushed my list, so I'm gonna have to. Sherlock Holmes is my last one, but surely you've seen Sherlock Holmes. Both of them. Damn it. Okay. I need to think of more. Okie dokie. So, in the meanwhile, I have a comment from me to you, the listener. We need your your ratings and your reviews to keep going. We we need that visibility. I'm sure your lives are very complicated and important with busy things that you're doing all the time mm-hmm. very important though the world may fall apart without what you're doing mm-hmm. but take just a moment just a little baby moment out of your very hectic schedule <laughs> i'm getting really condescending now yeah, yeah you really are yeah <laughs> well let's not insult the good people that listen to our show right uh look in all seriousness you're 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 all important people out there but so are we <laughs> so <laughs> So. Uh, okay, you, you start off fine. Do you see where you lose your I, way? I know. I, I can't get to the end without so, being condescending. So just just think of the the song from Oh gosh, uh, Frozen. No, <laughs> don't don't let it go. <laughs> let it go. No, yeah, don't let it go. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. Oh gosh, no. Sorry, my my brain just completely farted at the metaphor that I was going for. And Rocky Horror Picture Show, Lion King, Aladdin. No, it's none of those. Is it's, it's, oh. what type of movie is it? Is it a Disney movie? No. <laughs> is it a Groundhog Day, the musical? That That's a musical, but it hasn't been made a movie. True. That's what I was saying. It's recorded by somebody though. <laughs> yes. And, and you're going to go on that tirade of why it's okay to watch illegally downloaded, uh, only while okay. there's no other option. That's why yes. I watch illegally downloaded Stuart Lee videos mm-hmm. because Stuart Lee doesn't allow his videos to be sold in the United States of America because he hates Americans. I would love to pay him and give him money. <laughs> I think he's one of the best comedians out there. So yeah, just let's keep the story going. Uh, leave us that five-star review on Apple iTunes and let us know you're out there um, so we can keep going with our podcast. It does mean the world to us when we receive those five-star reviews. It makes a glow in my heart. So, yeah, and and as we've said before, you know, you can make it a plug for something you're working on. It can be if you don't like us and you want us to read something really silly and out there or rude, just leave us that five-star review and we'll have to say it. I'd love to see a spate of people putting dirty limericks. As uh, as reviews for our show. If you want Zach to read, like, sing a sea shanty. 
write him lyrics in your five star review. I know, and I'll have to make up my own melody because I won't be able to hear the source. That's a good idea. All right, are we done speaking about things relating to our podcast? Yeah, let's get into the year two thousand. How old were you in the year two thousand? I was a very mature ten years, nine years old. Very committal. (laughs) (laughs) I was fifteen. Yep, it was a it was a strange year. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Everyone was freaking out about Y two K. What's this Y two K all about? Eh? Are computers gonna blow up and stuff? What's going on? Yeah, no, I don't know why it started that everyone thought that computers would just literally cease to be like everything, and computers had to be backed up and saved, and like everyone just thought this was gonna be such a tremendous event. It was just it was a very early kind of viral meme. You know, a, a meme, well, a meme in the real sense of the word. A meme is basically a, a an idea that's like a virus and spreads like a virus. And it was just an idea that people had that didn't know much about computers. And it, the conspiracy made its uh, way to the mainstream. Because I, I do remember, like, on a bunch of newscasts, it just, it was insane. Like, no, yeah, it was an odd time. It was, a strange, it was a strange era. I remember in the year 2000, my god sister told me that stepping out onto really hot asphalt could sometimes be so hot it would be cold. It's not, re- it's not relevant to anything. It's just a random little memory for you. It That's not how temperature works. Like, I, I, I know that if you touch something so cold, it can burn. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what she misinterpreted. I don't know. But uh, I burned my foot. And uh, she, this was the same god sister that spoiled Santa Claus for me in such a brutal way. Do you have a good relationship with them now? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not terribly close with them. I don't talk to them very often. But when we get together, it's a fun time. Okay. Did they stop trying to just like joshy and ruin your world? Well, I was a very impressionable little uh, little baby boy, little boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I I believed things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except for God. Apparently, <laughs> that was the one thing you're like. You I know put what? my foot down about this one. I draw the line here. <laughs> I'm minutin bitter. <laughs> I'm a kind of problem. Yeah, no, 15 is a hard age. I, I did not enjoy being a 15-year-old. All of middle school and high school for me was one long duration of awkward, which never really subsided into my adulthood. I'm still awkward, but mm-hmm. in high school, it's a bigger deal to be awkward. True that. I tried to make... I hate it. I, I like I, your arm motions like I'm supposed to know what that means. <laughs> like fisticuffs. Yeah. You're, you're fighting your inner 15-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the year 2000, the New York Yankees defeated the New York Mets five times in the World Series. How many times? Five. So oh, my God. I don't know if you know how baseball works because I don't. You throw a ball, you hit a ball. You well, run around in a circle. I meant more like the the series finals. Like they, they end up playing like six or seven games in the finals against the same team. Sure. Why not? And this was the first Subway series since 1956, you know, because they're both New York teams. So you could take the Subway to either. Oh, okay. So that was the nickname for this uh, this kind of rivalry here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand. Okay. Well, that's fun. Stop reading my facts. (laughs) Oh, I was just trying to get more details on this thing. All right. So, you know, my first one, we've already kind of covered. Y2K destroys all computers and the world goes dark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And we never recovered, really. That's right. We're dead now. Yeah. (laughs) This really has just been our podcast from Purgatory. I hope you've enjoyed (laughs) listening. 
That would be a great other title. Like if we ever had like a secondary series podcasting from purgatory. Now tell it me could this. It be like a Night Vale thing. What? Yes. Night Vale is a good podcast, isn't it? We should just do that. Let's just do a Night Vale podcast. That works. And then people don't mind so much when we talk for two hours. <laughs> now tell me this. In purgatory, is there a lot of echoing or is there no echoing? A medium amount of echoing. So like the regular world? Yeah. Because purgatory, in my mind, is the way station between whatever's going to be your final destination. So it's kind of like, you know, a loading dock or an airport. (laughs) Okay. Uh, With more stringent TSA. Sure. Yeah, George Michael up there in the the clouds is at the pearly gates telling you you can't come in. Can you guys stand (laughs) for it? George Michael? Yeah. Well, you got to have faith. It's either St. George or St. Michael or something like that. I just went with George Michael. It seemed... St. Paul. Yeah, it was about the middle. That was the purgatory of names that I could have chosen. (laughs) Good Christian names. Yeah, I just feel like purgatory... I'm just picturing purgatory as a big black empty void. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so if you yelled really loud, would it echo or would you hear like nothing? I would imagine you would hear nothing just because it's this great expanse of nothing. To echo would indicate there's something. Well, is there air to breathe? Sorry, my mind just went to a really weird place. Do tell. In another podcast, they brought up the question, if you nut in space, will it push you back? And that's where my brain went to. And I know that's not very mature. Oh, man. (laughs) So, Allison, again, is trying to lower the tone of this podcast. No, no, no. to me to save it. So, let's see here. What do we have? The PS2 was released in Japan. Are you just trying not Not to laugh about nutting in space? I would never dare. (laughs) It's not a fart. (laughs) (laughs) I think bodily functions are, it's, uh, they're beneath you. Oh, okay. Literally. No, okay. You, you say it and then you joke about it. So I don't know. What See, saying. I got to have my cake and eat it too. I got to be on my high horse and also make a joke. <sighs> you just made a horse noise. That wasn't a neigh. Oh, that sounded close to one. <laughs> so speaking of animals, mad cow disease alarm raised in more than 10 European countries as a spike in cases occurred. Bill Gates abandons his post as CEO of Microsoft. He didn't think it was worth it anymore. He didn't like computers anymore. Huh. He's like, I'm going to buy a Mac. <laughs> Did he? Because that would be really insulting. Apparently his wife has a Mac. Uh, didn't they have to do that in like secret? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to order it under a pseudonym so yeah. people, Steve Jobs wouldn't plant like a big tomato in it. Will Threshold. <laughs> <laughs> Will Threshold? I was thinking like Gate Threshold. Um, so the year 2000, there was the Concorde crash, Air France flight 4590, a tire hits a metal object during takeoff from Paris, Friction ignites the supersonic jet fuel tanks and caused the plane to crash, killing 119 people. That's such a shame, too, because that was a really cool airplane. Was it? I, I yeah, it goes faster than all airplanes now. Oh, um, But is... people got freaked out about it because it crashed. You know, as scary for me as flying is, I will say that air crashes are not very common for the amount of flights that happen. Yeah, I left. Uh, people say that flying is more safe statistically than driving. There are fewer flights. So you're saying that it's not a. The ratio of flights to crashes and cars to crashes has to be much larger. I need to. I, I would love to pull up statistics on that. I think people just. Or, they they uh, say or that. Crash. Uh, crash survival statistics. So, like, if a plane crashes, what is the likelihood of survival? Which I think also depends on time of flight. During, like uh, during takeoff and landing are the most dangerous times. And so you were about to go on a flight 
I don't know, a year ago, something like that. And I remember I was actually about to have this conversation with you then, but I know that you're an uneasy flyer. Yeah, I, I, I think I asked you not to until I got back. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I may have just held it in because I was being nice. But uh, yeah, the, they say that there are fewer plane crashes per year than car accidents. And that's, of course, true because there are many fewer planes than there are cars. But if they're proportionately the same amount, then planes have to crash more. Mm-hmm. Come on. And more people are on a plane, more deaths. More deaths per capita. And also, when a plane crashes, it's always pretty disastrous. Mm-hmm. When a car crashes, sometimes it's a fender bender. Sometimes it's bad, but nobody gets hurt. Sometimes it's really horrible and people die, but that's not always the case. So it should be specifically limited to a fatal crash statistic. Exactly. In the year 2000, mm-hmm. Deviant Art, the website, was launched. Oh, I, I associate Deviant Art with kind of like the live journal time period. Mm hmm. Which I guess was around the same time in the 2000s, early 2000s, the early noughts, as yeah. people say. Yeah. Do people say that in America or is that more of an England thing? I think it's more of an England thing. Uh, the early noughts. Oh, I've got heartburn. <laughs> Sorry. Very, very, I had, I, very good, sir. <laughs> I created a character very quickly and he had heartburn. <laughs> You made a character choice. I don't know if it was a good choice, but you made the choice. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to go out on a limb. Australian swimmer Ian Thorpe, also known as the Thorpedo. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> sorry, that's really, really dumb. Five medals at the 2000 Sydney Summer Olympics. Now, did I pick this just because of the punny name Thorpedo? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the very first crew to live on the International Space Station, the ISS, arrives in space in November. And the mission was called, can you guess? Expedition One. Mm. Because it was the the first first, expedition. Wow. Wow. What a clever naming convention. I know. Those NASA jarheads over there are... uh, Jarheads slash eggheads, they're kind of both. They're G-men, right? They're government men. <laughs> you just threw out a lot of lot of words there. Sorry. <laughs> G-men, uh, I-men, one-men, two-men. Seamen! That's the one thing the, they're not. The Susian, Susian government <laughs> is NASA. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, uh, you know, they're not they're, they're, they're smart as a whip over there, but not so creative with the naming. <laughs> uh, the year 2000 was also the year of the famous Ilian Gonzalez case. A five-year-old Ilian Gonzalez was taken by federal authorities from his relatives in Miami after his mother drowned while fleeing Cuba. He was ordered to be returned to his father in Cuba, sparking international custody controversy. This case was so huge and everywhere in the news. And I remember watching him on the news get dragged out of the house in Miami. And it was just really scary and sad. Like, Men armed to the teeth, just kind of pulling them out. Whoa. Yeah, it, it was not a good look. And I, I want to say that Janet Reno was involved in some way. Who? Janet Reno? You don't remember it's Reno time? Nope. She <laughs> was in politics back then. So uh, I wasn't big into politics when I was nine slash ten. I'm shocked. <laughs> so uh, she But was, neither would you have been probably at 15. <laughs> She was the attorney general for the United States from 93 to 2001 under President Clinton. Well, there you go. So in, in politics news, on this year, we had the historic Bush versus Gore. And a uh, little history lesson. Do you remember who won that election? I remember who didn't. Do tell. Bush won over Gore. Did he? Well, I know that there was the recount controversy then. Well, so Gore won... It was the same situation with uh, Hillary and Trump. But Gore, seated before the... Gore, Gore won the popular vote, lost with the Electoral College. 
And then he wanted the recounts and stuff like that. And everyone made fun of him. And then when Trump wanted to do it, uh, they were like, oh, no, it's a reasonable thing. He should recount everywhere and sue the whole world until he gets his way. Boo-hoo. So uh, in the year 2000, Ridley Scott's Gladiator was released and would eventually go on to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. AOL merges with Time Warner. Sure did. (laughs) Do with that what you will. (laughs) And now AOL (laughs) is irrelevant. (laughs) Do you you judge people who still have AOL email addresses? Because I kind of do. Yes, I do. I know somebody with one. My parents. Person I used to be associated with. Her dad has one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also, in a way, get that you don't want to, after you've grown attached to your email. How do you get attached to an email? I don't know. People will find you. I mean, (laughs) I can kind of understand because you don't want to like switch the email on a bunch of your accounts Mm -hmm. to a new one. That's kind of annoying. But you can forward like until you until you manually switch everything. Just have one email address forward to the other. Yep. It's kind of fine. Yeah. So on this year of 2000, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I was sure you were going to scoop me on this, but Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was published. Mm -hmm. So take that. You know. I'll take it. All right. Did you read it? I did. So Goblet of Fire to me was the end of joy <laughs> at heart. Like <laughs> after Cedric Dickory was murdered, like I feel like the whole series, that's when it started taking its sad spiral. Like so there, it was no longer at that point just a kid's book. Yeah. I mean, tragic things had happened and sad things and dramatic and scary and whatever, but mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. When Cedric Diggory died, it, it something bad happened that left permanent consequences. Mm-hmm. It, it showed that in this world of fantasy, there were lasting repercussions possible. Yeah. Although I think the most, that, that was only at the very end of the fourth one. The fifth book was filled with just depression and it was, well, that, that one was a much darker book. I think the fifth book as, as a book was, I think, the beginning of the darkness. Yeah, it's just that that tipping point to me was Goblet because it was after that. that, Yeah, yeah, it's definitely where it happened. And that was kind of the source of the darkness in five. Yeah. But just just as a whole kind of piece, I think the fifth one was dark. And the the fourth one on a whole was kind of similarly rumpy pumpy. Not rumpy pumpy. Rumpy pumpy. (laughs) No, there's another kind of just jovial and fun Rumpy pumpy. And, you know. <laughs> that that will be in our glossary. <laughs> for the Rumpy pumpy. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was published that year. And also, popular movies of the year. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Cast Away. Mission Impossible 2. Gladiator, which you already went over. What Women Want. The Perfect Storm. Meet the Parents. X-Men. I mean, if X-Men is coming out, this is a modern movie. Scary movie. Scary movie came out the same year as X-Men? That seems weird. It does. I I mean, I guess they were both summer blockbusters. But the same year? For some reason, scary movie seemed older. Yeah. Because the the humor didn't stand the test of time, really. I didn't think it was funny at the time, to be honest. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of poop jokes, and you don't like those. Well, and it was a lot of kind of what Americans took to be satire. And you also don't like scary movies that are real scary movies as much as other genres i mean i've i've come definitely come around on scary movies oh, um, yeah. but uh I, I didn't really like them at the time but 
No, I mean, I have a problem with that style of comedy just because it seems lazy. Jumpy bumpy. It's jumpy bumpy. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's 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 zaniness. So they're, they're basically doing scream, except it's zany. And, yeah. and they take that to be a satire. Mm-hmm. And that's not what satire is. Anyway, so uh, also that year, What Lies Beneath, Aaron Brockovich and Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot and Aaron Brockovich were really good films. I saw Aaron Brockovich. I like that film. Mm-hmm. Good actor. Which one? Are, are you talking Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure. There, there's other good actors in that film, too. So I don't I just, remember anybody else in that movie. Well, we'll go over that later, <laughs> just because I feel like we, we have a lot of meat to, to get through. Oh, do you have a lot for this? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, synopsis time. Mm-hmm. What is the true and proper one? <clears throat> A behind-the-scenes look into a highly competitive and cutthroat world of dog shows through the eyes of a group of ruthless dog owners. All right. So what's your false one? Dog showers are weird. Mm. So my false one is filthy animals jump through hoops to win a prize. You're not. Well, how do you know they're filthy? They get bathed. And also, pretty puppies are dragged along, too. (laughs) There you go. Uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so trivia time. Let's get into some trivias. I don't have a whole lot, so I only have uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Okay, so I will I will start. This film was based on a thin outline only. Um, Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy wanted to create this improvised mockumentary film. Levy explained that the outline and major, he wanted to leave room for major improvisation. The outline gave a solid blueprint to the actors uh, so they know how to get from point A to point B, but how they do it is largely up to them. So I thought that was an interesting, usually films don't, have such pure improvisational leeway. Uh, Yep, because usually people want to write an interesting story. (laughs) Solid burn. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And this is, well, and this is, I think, what was part of the magic of Anchorman was that it was so largely uh, improvised. But then that was also the problem with all the rest of Will Ferrell's movies. It was the same sort of thing. Too much improvisation. Yeah. Uh, So that was mine. That it was largely imp- improvised, and my note was it shows. My second one, Parker Posey? Mm-hmm. Parker Posey. That's a great name. Parker Posey. She sounds like she's like a comic book lady. She does. Like she uh, sounds Lois like, Lane. Yeah, she sounds like a Marvel character. Yeah. <laughs> Parker Posey. Peter Parker. Peter, Parker. Peter Pecker picked a peck of pickles. I want Spider-Man. She got real braces for the movie. <laughs> They look really uncomfortable. Like They do. Why would you get real braces put into your face for a movie like this? Maybe she needed them anyway. Okay, well then this is a misleading trivia. <laughs> well, no, just like maybe... Because it said she got it for the movie. Maybe she did, but it's like, you know what? I needed them anyway, so yeah, let, let's just do it. And then that way the studio pays for it. Because yeah, orthodontia is not cheap. Fair enough. I, good honor, honestly, if she, if she made that kind of uh, mind game. Yeah, you know that's good. I like it. So this is the second film in a streak of Christopher Guest directed improvisational comedies, and this is considered to be the standard of the genre. This film followed Waiting for Guffman and came before A Mighty Wind and For Your Consideration, uh, other guest films of the genre. Gotcha. Okay, so he's he's basically just going over there doing mockumentaries, not writing scripts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this is the the most successful standard of that. I thought Spinal Tap was. 
Spinal Tap came out in 84 and which that, probably would have been that was a, higher scripted, like more scripted. So this uh, improvisational comedy. Wh- why did we do this before Spinal Tap? Isn't that isn't Spinal Tap supposed to be the more famous? It is. I just this one was on recently so it triggered in my brain that let's watch this one. So we'll watch Spinal Tap eventually, don't you worry. Uh, well, so Fred Willard's character Buck Laughlin. I just can't get through saying Buck without going Buck. <laughs> it's a very southern. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a little. Just a, it comes from the comes from the so Buck. 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 Well, I have a friend uh, whose last name is Buck. No, you have a friend whose last name is Buck. <laughs> My friend uh, Margaret Buck, uh, who I met working at Barnes and Nobles. Oh. So anyway, Buck Laughlin's character was based on baseball legend Joe Garrioglu. Excuse me? How do you spell that? <laughs> Garagiola. Garagiola. Sorry, he just... <laughs> he wants the gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wants the gabagool. <laughs> this guy right here. I don't think we have that on the menu. People, he walks into a restaurant, they're like, sir, we don't have gabagool. You're going to have to try down the street. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, his uh, his character was based on Joe, uh, who had co-hosted the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show to similar effect Mm -hmm. in real life. Guest and his wife, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, had two dogs, leading the writer and director to make frequent trips to the local dog park. And he said, there were people there with purebred dogs and mutts and so on, and I mingled with them. And I started thinking, this might be an interesting idea to explore for a movie. Guest said um, in the film's official production notes in mid-1998, Guest called Levy with the idea and was told no. Levy was nervous about the third act, not knowing how to make a dog show funny. This cat is married to Jamie Lee Curtis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the hell's up with that? Oh, you think I'm going to skip ahead if, if I say that you're going to read something interesting? Yeah, you've been very glued to my notes, and it's making me uncomfortable. No, I'm, I'm not trying to scoop you. I'm not trying to scoop you. Anyway. Um, the adequate revenge for what I do, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so petty. <laughs> Real real judges and professional handlers were used for most of the judges. The professional handlers also served as technical advisors to the actors and how to handle the dogs in the ring. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Coolidge, uh, when she first arrived to Los Angeles, she was employed as a babysitter in Beverly Hills for the Sherry Ann type who the actress would portray in the movie. She described the character as very feminine but very phony. She considered portraying someone like her old employer as a kind of revenge. Oh, interesting. So I read the part about her being very feminine and very phony, but I did not read that it was a type of revenge for her. So that's a very interesting piece of psychology. So my last piece of trivia is that Fred Willard shot his entire part in a day and a half, which isn't surprising because, I mean, it's only one location and some improvised dialogue and no blocking. So there's not a whole lot to do. But uh, why a half a day, you ask? I hear you ask. I, I do ask. Because according to Fred Willard, on the, his last day of shooting, he was kept waiting in his trailer for so long, he almost decided to quit acting. Wow. <laughs> so, quit but it, acting here or altogether? Like, this has ruined acting for me for my life. No, apparently he had decided to quit acting entirely because of this. He was kept waiting so long. Anyway, wow. he changed his mind when they finally did call him to come to the set. 
Wow. So in something that I think you can empathize with, uh, Guest took eight months to edit this movie down to an 89-minute production. I did read that there were over like 60 hours of footage. Yeah, there were over 60 hours, and so he had to pare it down to the 89-minute film. So I just thought that you could appreciate that because of all the editing you do for us. I feel bad for him. But that's also where scripting couldn't help you. It could have helped him a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. he wouldn't have had to film so much garbage. If Yeah, good Lord. 58 hours, essentially, of unused nonsense. Yeah. That's that's just a waste of time and resources. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. Act three, analysis Mm -hmm. of the movie. Mm -hmm. Movie analysis. That's the one. All right. So what the heck was your nostalgia rating for this? I gave it a six out of ten. Out of? Six out of ten. Ten, okay. And for my predicted ratings, based on how you were talking during the uh, <laughs> trivia, I'm a little nervous, but uh, I, I thought you were going to really enjoy the kind of dry sense of humor of this film. So I did say 7 out of 10 for you um, with a critical of 6 out of 10. But I, with your nasal laughing and the way you did your trivia, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> I'm, <right. laughs> I'm not going to reveal more than I have. <laughs> I think you revealed a lot because I think you say it best when you say nothing at all. We'll we'll see. (laughs) All right. So what's your first timestamp? So here's going to be the difficult part of the day. So I realized in giving you my account for Showtime that I ended up having to watch it through the cable box, which meant I had ads. So every timestamp I have, I have to manually subtract 35 seconds of ad. So it added the ads to the main timeline? Yeah. Weird. Oh, this is cable we're talking about. Yeah. It's like last century technology. Disgusting. So so now I have to do math. And I hate math. So... My, my timestamp for this is just, why is um, Bob Balaban always just kind of creepy? Like, there's something about him. And I don't know if, you know, it was his character on Seinfeld, Russell um, Dalrymple, um, I think <laughs> was the last name. I, I looked it up. but I don't remember. You know, and I just associate him with this kind of weird, dry, creepy feller. Back in 1875 began the Mayflower Kennel Club and Dog Show. Uh, it was very small to begin with. In fact, uh, he operated out of this house that we're in right now, this beautiful building and this lovely room, uh, which grew and grew. And of course, nobody lives here anymore, but it's our, it's our place. The and then my so grandfather uh, continued the tradition. And really, I think what we're talking about is, is standards, basically. Uh, very, very specific rigid you could say but in this world uh where would we be without them i think and notice where we are um without some real standards and in jessica's case we have a bite standard but we don't have a number of teeth standard but uh but the breeds do differ in that but they're very very strict uh and they're very very pure and that oh yes did you hear that did you hear what I said? You know, <laughs> some dogs have a perpetual kind of like, it looks like their mouth is dirty. Discoloration, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's not pure. It's not pure enough. No, yeah, that, I mean, that, that was all I had there. It just was, and then like his very serious, and then, were you listening to daddy? Were you listening to daddy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, like, I'm going to spoil it for you. you this did. movie was not funny. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I think 
I don't have a timestamp until 47 minutes in. Holy moly. Nothing happens. At all. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of the documentary facet of it. I guess. Well, I don't know. It, nothing made me laugh, except I was watching with Price. <laughs> a couple times we burst out laughing because of how not funny it was. <laughs> we had, like looked at each other. We were just dying. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it... it where this film, I, I think, is kind of different is just how dry it is, and it's more absorbing the weirdness and just kind of leaning into the weird. Yeah, because it was trying to be, like, play it straight and be weird at the same time, and it always seemed obvious. Well, I, I know that's about to happen. There it is. <laughs> I guess it's going to be me until closer to the end. Uh I do have a few, like right at 40 minutes, like right where the show starts. Mm -hmm. I think more, I, I was interested in more things. Okay. Hamilton! Hamilton! I was just, how passive aggressive this couple is just stresses me out so badly. Like, and just their overall yuppiness. Like, there's just yeah. something about them that makes me uncomfortable and anxious every time I, they just come on screen. Yeah. Well, so my my, my kind of takeaway was every couple was like a different stereotype. And these guys are the kind of stuck up people that care about labels and, and things mm -hmm. like that so much. And every Appearances. joke and every joke was that every, every joke was, oh, we care about this too much. Well, yeah, like the, we're a catalog couple and it's just so wonderful to meet another catalog person. And yeah, Beatrice made a pee, pee on the sheets and a poopy in your slipper. My Orvis slippers? I don't know. God. You been talking to her? Of course I've been talking to her. What have you been saying? Well, I've been saying that when mommy and daddy make love, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Sometimes. Excuse me? We met at Starbucks. <laughs> Not at the same Starbucks, but we saw each other at different Starbucks across the street mm -hmm. from each other. And Hamilton got up the courage to walk across the street one day and approached me. Yeah. I'd seen you at law school before. Yeah. And I know that sometimes I'd be in one Starbucks and then you'd be in the other Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And then I think maybe, you know, I should go over to that Starbucks next mm -hmm. the next weekend and then you'd be at the other Starbucks. So we kind of crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so stupid so now. good. Ugh. I remember what I was drinking when I met you. It was a grande espresso. That's right. And I thought that was really sexy. That doesn't make sense. Oh, I think he means an Americano. I remember. Or a double espresso. Well, a grande yeah, espresso, espresso is a, is a oh, yeah. size of cup. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm now a big old, you know, chai tea, latte, soy milk kind of guy. Oh, yeah. soy, yeah. Because of the lactose. Mm -hmm. and I'm I, lactose intolerant now. Mm -hmm. And I, I walked across the street, and there you were, and, oh, my Working gosh. Working on my Mac. And I had my yeah, Mac. Mac. Oh, and, there you, and then I look over, and she's reading J. Crew. <laughs> It was so weird because I was such a huge J. Crew person mm -hmm. then too. Mm -hmm. Still am. Mm -hmm. We sometimes like to just go to Starbucks on weekends and take an LL Bean catalog, mm -hmm. and I'll say, "Honey, what's new?" And she has to. She has five minutes to look through and find out They've what's new. We've been around new. forever. We are so lucky. <laughs> we are so lucky to have been raised amongst catalogs. Oh, it's so much easier because, Damn. especially, you don't have to deal with people as much. You can just just talk to the person on the phone. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> Or not. Like to, what? Uh, uh, so he, she had real braces. I wonder what he had. That's a good question. If he like got fake ones, or maybe it was her choice, and then he ended up getting them too, or something. I yeah. don't know. I Incomplete didn't look up trivia's. That. that was your trivia, though. I know. 
You should have looked it up. How dare you? <laughs> Can't believe you would say such a thing. So my next one is 2753, which I just called the most uncomfortable dinner. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be 53. It would be 53 minus 35. It's when Jerry and Cookie go to her friend's house. And that's when we kind of find out that Cookie has slept with the world. So much. Welcome. Super. It's like, um, I know it tastes better, but it looks like that <coughs> cafeteria hot plate food, mm -hmm. you know, which I never actually tasted because I don't want to look like a loser. But no, I had that that was just so full of like and, backhanded um, compliments. <laughs> that's pretty cheap. So what's that you've got there, Zach? A parachuter. A parachuter. Don't call that a doll. It's an action figure. It is an action yeah. figure. Yes, you you got that right. So so what 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 is that? Um, uh, what is what do you do with the uh, parachuter? What do I recognize that other guy from? The the other guy at the dinner table. Yeah, the other husband. Oh gosh, he's been in a lot of things. Hang on, let me pull up the. Uh... I definitely recognize his face. I feel like I might know him from something in which he had a significant role. I don't think you've seen the Princess Diaries. I've seen the cover. Isn't she wearing a pink dress? She's wearing a white dress, but the cover's pink. Or maybe I'm thinking of Miss Congeniality. Did you see Pretty Woman? Yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, he wasn't a big character in that, but he was in that. He was Mr. Hollister. Anyway, all right. You wouldn't know this, but she was famous for putting her legs behind her head. She could get both legs behind her head. What? You, 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 he's like an animal. No, it's just talk. No, I, I, it's I, just he's talk. like an animal. Oh, excuse me. So, yeah, why doesn't his wife care? I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know why she's still talking about the pinata. She doesn't care that his her husband's talking to another woman like that. Oh, I just like Eugene Levy. How would you feel if I just complimented your wife's delightful melon breasts? I only went through 125 or 130 words describing that. If I wanted to go on, I could go through 800 words more. Well, I'll take a picture because you know the worry. I'll tell you what. Next time, I'll get a picture. How about that? Where's the dog? So yeah, why doesn't his wife care? She, she just seems to be a little oblivious, a little simple. I bet it's because nothing was scripted for her to say that she was upset. Not like this. Please, honey, this is what I do. I'll gouge your left eye out with my thumb. So this is. I laughed at like two moments in this movie, and that was one of them. Yeah. I will gouge your left eye. <laughs> it was the fact that he kept doing his thumb like this. He just kept it going. <laughs> I will gouge your eye out, you little shit, you little fucking. <laughs> he just kept going. Don't yell at him. That was all I had there. But yeah, no. I'm going to stab you with forks. <laughs> So is that his kid or his stepkid? He's talking to him like it's a stepkid. Yeah, he's literally the redheaded stepchild. Yeah, okay. I, I was that. I was a redheaded stepchild. Did anyone threaten to take your eye out with their thumb? No, with but this thumb. I was abandoned on the side of the road one time during a vacation. That's really awful. Yeah, well, I've had a tragic life. Jeez. It was in a strange. It was all right. It was in a strange neighborhood that I didn't know in Pennsylvania. I don't think that makes it all right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, next timestamp. What I titled this is, um, I've seen people at social events trying to be hip or woke, and it is just always so uncomfortable. So it's when Cookie and Jerry are talking to the Shitsu couple with the fire pants. Oh, the Better Call Saul couple. Yeah. He goes to look at the sweater. <laughs> I 
That's his no. thing. That's his this only is joke. My euphemism, Stefan. He's here. I want you to meet my new friends. How are you, Stefan? Gary. Yes, yeah, Jerry Fleck. Gary. Blow your coo. And coo cookies. 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 I was noticing your pants. <laughs> That's not all you were noticing. And then I noticed this here. Very, very funny. Did he tell you his name was Mary, as well as advertising? He was introduced as Mary, but you know what? My name's not really Mary. It's Dad. If uh, you make pants like that, it's leather and, and tightly stitched in. It would be really hard if you fluctuated in weight at all. Oh, yeah. well, leather pants in general, you can't really fluctuate that much. Do you have an appreciation for the amount of work that, uh, that went into these? I ought to. I did it myself. Wow. I did it. Gee. I did it myself. It bored him to death. I could that talk about is it nonstop. Really, that well, is six that's months. Super, that's six months working with leather and red thread. Oh, how much heaven does he to be with? Heaven. You did. I did. Well, he's, he's a I'm very talented young man. You, you must stitches. be very proud, Mary. <laughs> proud Mary. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Who are you all of a sudden? Good baby boomer guy. It was just it, that that level of like uncomfortable. Look how cool I am. I, I, called, I called this guy this name. That doesn't seem like a joke. It, it isn't, but it, it, it was kind of like, you know, him trying to show that he's cool with the situation. He's like, there's two gay men here. I can I can call him Mary, and I'm cool like them. They, they're not going to hate me for doing it. Well, that it was on his name tag, so yeah, that was his joke, and he just continued and showed he, how comfortable he was. Mm -hmm. And they made a big deal of being like, who is this? So hip. <laughs> like, all right, so is this, where are we? We're in 43. Oh, we're coming up to my timestamp. Again, this couple, I think she was the birth of Karen. <laughs> She's very Karen-like. Yeah. My setup for this is that it's the stuck-up Mac people who are looking for their dog's busy bee toy. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's going to go rummage through the room and then go out to a shop. You. She's nerd. She's freaking well, out. Well, get the busy bee. You want your busy bee, you get your busy bee. You get bee. the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. Oh, it's in the crate. All right, it's so this is crate. this is leading up to my second laugh. Where are the crates? It's not in here. Why does he need here. to put his knees it's in, in there? Because the <laughs> he's being traumatic. See that that was this that's kind of one of the things that is emblematic of what I don't like about this movie. Like they're going over the top. Like if you're going to play it grounded, play it grounded. The humor comes from the fact that everyone's treating this like it's a drama. But it's funny. The situations are funny. But like he's doing, he's going like overboard. He's like squeezing his entire person into the cage when he doesn't need to. He's just poke his head in. It's a big cage. He's gonna flip out. Damn. It's not in here. You left it at the hotel. You go back and you get her busy me. Go to the hotel and get busy me. Run, run, <laughs> go. Mommy's getting. I like this. Don't you worry. No, we just had a little. We had a little discussion. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at anybody else. Don't look at the fat ass losers or freaks. <laughs> look at me. And what's the first so, category? I'm pretty sure that was because <laughs> look at me. the dog actually wouldn't look at him and he was trying to get through the scene. <laughs> Don't look at the fat ass losers and freaks. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. <laughs> oh, so these are the only two characters in the movie I like. 
<laughs> the commentators. You know, the the balance between the guy who knows nothing and the guy who knows everything. So yeah, why first of all, why is this commentator acting like he's never been to one of these before? <laughs> yeah, because they did mention like that this is not his first yeah, year here. He was he he said he told the joke last year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, it's a hilarious joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when you told that last year. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's weird to me that he's acting like he doesn't know anything about these things. He probably forgot everything. <laughs> Maybe. But I did like their dynamic. Like just this is the kind of winking to the camera shenanigans that are is in like the Will Ferrell movies, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of worked here sometimes. And I, I liked their characters, particularly. I liked that basically whenever he was talking, I was watching him, the the British guy. Yeah, whenever yeah. the American was talking, I was watching the British guy because you could tell he a lot of moments he was trying not to laugh, and that's <laughs> funny. And I usually don't like that in the Will Ferrell movies because it seems like they're always trying to do that to their their counterpart in the scene, mm-hmm. and that just is it gets annoying. But they didn't play it so over the top. I liked it. First carry is the hound group. Well, you got your finger on everything here. The <laughs> hounds are coming out. Yes. These are some unusual dogs. I at least enjoyed their characters. So I also watch the, the Kennel Club's dog shows and things when they come on. Like that's a, after uh, the Macy's Day Parade, I would watch dog shows. After the Macy's Day Parade, I've, I've turned on them. I've never watched one like all the way through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like dogs. But my next one is right on the coattails of that scene. So it's 48, 48. Just the fact that he oh, doesn't yeah, seem to know anything. Oh, yeah, that is a woman. Edie Franklin. Edie? Yes, a retired school teacher from New Jersey. Oh, you're right. That's a lady. <laughs> she has really given him a thorough going over. Are all judges that thorough? I mean, yes, she looks yes. at the teeth. It's very important that all the attributes are examined. Uh, teeth, eyes, Runs ears, Ouch. gums. Am I seeing right? Where's she putting her hands now? <laughs> uh, she's just checking out the dog's uh, testicular area oh. to make sure <laughs> to make sure that uh, that everything is intact. Hate to go out on a date with Judge uh, Edie Franklin, have her judge me. That would be no fun. Would you please take your dog down and back for me, please? Now she's having the dog's... Why do they have them run away from them and then back up? What's the point of that? What are they looking for? Looking for the gait and movement of the uh-huh. dog. And it's very important to see the small angles. So uh, Edie will be checking out this in particular. Mm-hmm. Good way to judge a woman. Have her run away from you and then run back. I'll tell you, <laughs> most of the women, they're just running away from me. Yeah. I'm used to seeing them run away from me more often than <laughs> run towards me. Yeah. Uh, now what is that? Is that uh, that's yes. a, uh, a yeah, it was basically just like the British guy's reactions that were dog, amusing me. I would say maybe in two to three years this could be a champion dog. But I just think it may be a tad immature for this year. Just trying to get a little playing time in. And take your dog down and back for me, please. So I will say, I know I, I know haven't had any timestamps with him, but the owner of the Bloodhound, I think, is one of the most lovable characters. Arthur Weasley? Yeah. And put a little pipe in his mouth. Are they ever allowed to do anything like that? Dress up a dog in a funny way? No, that's, that's not quite what the uh, purpose of these shows. But it would. I think it would really get the crowd going. You know, you know what I mean? The Sherlock Absolutely, Holmes hat yes. with the pipe. I don't know if you could make it look like smoke's coming out of the pipe. <laughs> I think that would be a little dangerous. <laughs> I'd get a kick out of it. Well, I just like that he was still trying to sound professional, just kind of he's he's having to be the straight man to the American guy's goofy, zany guy. Yeah, I I like that. He maintains. Yeah, I'm going to be strong. My next is I feel like Jennifer Coolidge is always playing this Anna Nicole Smith kind of character in movies, which is, I think, always pretty hilarious. And I just kind of love the feud between her and Jane Lynch about 
the use of eye makeup and hair. Like Jane Lynch is trying to be so serious and invested in the dog show world. And then mm-hmm. um, Jennifer Coolridge is just kind of uh, playing Cherry and is just kind of like uh, oblivious. Like she, she seems like she's on something. See the coat? Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I've <laughs> never felt uh, more confident, you know, than I feel right now. I feel like I could walk into the president of the Kennel Club's office and say, you know, why don't you just, uh, why don't we skip to the chase here and just give me the cup <laughs> and I'll be on my way. You could take my picture. And I mean, I, I honestly feel that way. But then then you never know, you know, because uh, there's so many um, variables that I just can't control. But everything's going as planned. Except for the makeup. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Sherry Ann did put some makeup on me, but it's um, it's really not my style, you know, so mm-hmm. I took it off. It looked it was, really good. It was a little too much. No, it looked really good. Was- I did a wonderful, like, Sophia Loren Persian oh. eye. Yeah. And it looked very dramatic mm-hmm. and looked uh, very show-like. It was a little over the top, and um, I looked freakish, <laughs> so you I did. took it off. No, you didn't. Yeah, you know what? You're going to have to just let this go, okay? <laughs> but, um... I do like what she did with my hair. And so there's going to be a scene coming up where the gay guys in true stereotypical gay guy fashion are going to be judging her appearance. Yeah. In the TV. Just kind of ripping her. And then uh, Jane Lynch and Jennifer Coolidge end up an item. And this is just the interaction between Parker Posey and the shop owner at the pet store where she's trying to find a replacement for Busy Bee. Parker Posey. Hi. Um... I'm looking for a, um, a, a toy. A toy. It's, it's a bumblebee. It's for, like a. Um, um, for what kind of animal is it? For a dog. It's, it's a bee. It's a bumblebee. And it's furry. It's about this big. Okay. Right? It's, it's a. Um, I feel like you could tell both of them were Stripes. trying not to laugh in this scene. Here mm-hmm. it is. Is this it? No, that's the bear in a, in a bee costume. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to help. It's about uh, this big. And right. it squeaks in the middle. Oh. Okay. This one squeaks. You know, and I think it's striped. I think the dog will respond to the stripes, and it's reminiscent of a bumblebee. I think this is like. I've bee. been to a lot of that's pet stores, and I think that. And I don't think I've ever encountered me. somebody who's like trying to sell me like <laughs> the attributes of a toy. Yeah. Right, like this one, the yellow and black one there. That's this. That's like a bee. This is a fish. That's like a bee. Fish. Well, I know, we fish. know that's a fish, but to a you know dog. What? Just shut up. I'm gonna get this and. I'm just out of here. You. Thank you for your help. Okay, this, this is you. least like a bee. <laughs> so of Karen, the ones we have. I asked for your opinion. I asked for a toy that you don't have. <laughs> like the, yeah, of all so the things good. you pick, this one is least like a bee. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was really invested. I don't know why he was just like, all right, fine, whatever. Take your take well, your rooster and go. Yeah, no, in that scene, it just kind of her her insistence on the bee and the stress out like. He had a point. Like the, the if the dog was really responding to anything, it probably was the stripiness of the fish. Like of course. <laughs> so. Her her whole her, the couples their their whole joke is that they care too much about the importance of labels and they take things way too seriously. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I will say that during that scene because he was squeezing the dog toy, my dog Wade was like he was really invested in the movie at that point. With Wade, we we don't know a lot about his origins and like where he came from and um, um from another planet or something like what are you? Well, no, because he was a rescue, so we don't know what his life was before us. So how old was he when you got him? He was four. Um, hmm. 
He came from a high kill shelter in Kentucky. We got him through a rescue who uh, adopted out the dogs from those high kill shelters to give them a longer chance at surviving. And we think he was some kind of farm dog or an outside dog. He just, he has to look outside. He loves looking outside. Yeah. It was really funny because we were warned by the owners of the rescue that we couldn't have chickens. Like he was fine with cats, <laughs> other dogs. He just, he would always go after squirrels and chickens and he is a hunting type dog. So that, that yeah. made sense. Uh, I made the mistake the other night of putting on YouTube like roosters and he freaked out. Like I felt so guilty because like, was he like excited or what? he it was a or like weird, agitated yes both okay. like it, it looked like he was going to try to jump into the tv oh, so well it sounds like you gave him a little thrill it might have brightened up his day it, he just didn't relax for like another 40 minutes <laughs> like he's just like i wanted i want it back and i want to <laughs> be there and i want to eat some chicken oh poor fella <laughs> well you can why don't you go out and buy him a little uh, live chicken throw it in the backyard and have him chase it around Hi, I'm Allison. Have you met me? I don't do things with animal death. Have Mark do it for you. I, I will say that the there was that one time that I found that um, baby bird that had been knocked out of a tree, and I was in hysterics, and Mark's like, I'm really uncomfortable. I don't know what to do here. Are you? Do you need me to take care of it? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you need me to uh, step on its head? Well, <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I uh, <laughs> oh God! No, no! <laughs> I saw you looking up. That's not sorry. I didn't mean step on his head. I meant caress him and and give him a little bottle <laughs> no, of, you didn't, of nectar. But I I don't know how he would have done it, but <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it, it just like I I panicked. I ended up finding a wildlife rescue. Unfortunately, the baby bird didn't make it because. A baby bird that young, like it didn't have its feathers yet. It was not even a fledgling. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So very young. Yeah, but it was really traumatic for me. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so no, so no usable. to buying a live chicken and having your dog devour it. Yeah, because I think I, I, I would be just in hysterics. Like I can't, I can't watch animal suffering. Yes, I know this about you. I mean, who <laughs> likes to watch animal suffering except for like Michael Sadist. Vick? <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, this has been Tears with Allison. <laughs> Tears with Allison. That happens occasionally. It does. It does. We haven't watched, I think, like a pure drama yet. Oh, yes, we haven't. Why, why is that, do you think? Well, yeah, we have. We've watched Casablanca. Yeah, but that, that had different elements to it. Like there was action and intrigue and war, but it wasn't what I would call like a Schindler's List. You know, pure kind of drama with a lot of sadness and. So did, you said you had watched Room of the View, right? Yeah, that's that's a shame we can't watch that because that's a good drama. Mm. I mean, it's kind of a romance, also, but. Yeah, I would associate that with kind of like a subsumed romance. Yeah, but what it, what is a drama? Like, what is it about if it's not about something else, like romance gone wrong or you know, missed connections? If it's not going to be espionage. So, betrayals. Well, Merriam Webster would define drama as. <laughs> oh, oh. Try. No, no, no. You, in your brain, what would you say? Well, I would say that, you know, it. Ooh. it. Go on. Sorry. Uh, you, you can come up with something if you'd like, but I have a good definition from George Double R. Martin. Go on. The human heart in conflict with itself. Oh, there you go. 
I like that. Yeah. So there you go. I, I've stopped crying over baby birds. <laughs> are we are we good to go? We're good to go. Take a nice deep breath in. Hold it and slowly release. And as you release, come to terms in your mind with your oneness in the world and enjoy the knowledge that you have. <laughs> and realize that your pain, the pain itself, is a white ball of healing light. The, the pain is the healing? It's from Fight Club. I thought you said you'd seen it. I I didn't remember that line. <laughs> and then there's, a, yeah, it's a recurring thing throughout the movie. Uh, he went to like a, a therapy session and heard somebody say that. So it kind of repeats in his head. And then there's a penguin. Slide. That's, that's a spirit Slide animal. Slide. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So uh, what the hell are we doing? Your uh, next timestamp. Oh, we're watching Best in Show. Damn it. So here we are. And Home Alone Lady is about to tell us how cute her puppy is. He's a natural. He's just so natural. And look at his face. Could he be sweeter or no. more loving? Look at him. And the group is all about attitude. And look at this. Look at this. I paused it on his face. Look how cute he is. Yeah. Cute. He is just a happy little guy with his tongue out. I just want to give him a pat on the head. Yeah, th those particular dogs are really sweet little Toto dogs, Norwich Terriers and Karen Terriers. They're just, they're the cutest little peanuts. Don't you just want to like boop his tongue? Yeah. It, you want to, like, yeah, look at you doing a blip. Bloop. Doing a little blip. Little blippy. I just thought, like, the, the dogs aren't to blame for this movie, so I really love the dogs. <laughs> they aren't to blame for this movie. <laughs> he is so cute. All right, my next one is an hour and 40 seconds. That your pain, the pain itself, is a white ball of healing light. All right, so we've got uh, Home Alone Lady with the cute little pup mm -hmm. on a little pedestal. He's being judged by the uh, the woman who the American fella mistook for a man earlier. Uh, it's not very PC, bro. So little uh, little commentator over here is going to continue the joke. Yeah, that handler looks familiar to me. Could you bring Doug for the? That handler looks familiar to me, which is all but confirming that he has also slept with Home Alone Lady. Mm-hmm. Do they live in the same state? Like, how has she, like, slept with everybody across the country? Well, she may have moved around, and it was implied, like, she was, like, an airport cocktail waitress, so maybe people going to the, the airport she worked at. Now, speaking of, hang on. So, oh, uh, it's two timestamps ahead, but speaking of cocktail waitresses, do you remember the insult that the, the uh, Better Call Saul couple gave to Jane Lynch? Uh, no. All right, we'll save it. It's a good one. Oh. So I was just distracted temporarily um, by the show names of the dogs that were used in this film because I, I don't know if you know this, show names are usually kind of ridiculous. So for instance, Tyrone the Shih Tzu's stage name is Cimarron's Red Hot Kisses. Uh, Rhapsody in White's name is Brocade Exclamation. Come on, these are strippers. <laughs> Winky is Urchin's Brillo. <laughs> Why? Oh, Hubert's The Bloodhound is Quiet Creek's Stand By Me. These are their names? Uh-huh. Be what, what? Beatrice the Weimaraner is Aircat's Echobar Take Me Dancing. No. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. Why? First of all, when does a dog have more than one name? So I will say, like, Suki, her stage name when she was a show cat before I, I rescued her was El Suko, Queen of the Flowers. 
Okay, so okay, so this isn't the name that they call them at home. No, they, okay. they'll, they'll probably. So th- this is their their show name. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. Broke that's weird. Back. That's that's a weird little uh, convention I didn't know existed. Yeah, they they have these really weird <laughs> scenes, like very just, surreal kind of names. Yeah. What there was something like a pickle pickle brillo pad or something like that. Oh, uh, urchins brillo. Gotcha. That's Winky the Norwich Terrier's name. <laughs> Oh, there was apparently two Rhapsodian white poodles, and one is Excel Desi Doos It with Pizzazz. I'm not making this up. <laughs> it's spelled, okay, Excel Desi Doos It with Pizzazz. Now, I'm, spo- I'm sure that was supposed to be pronounced does it with Pizzazz, but it's spelled D-U-Z. Mm-hmm. And Excel is E-X-X-E-L. Like, these sound like stripper names, or they're literally spelled like they should be. Yeah, they, they're not spelled with any kind of normal naming convention. <laughs> What's going on with these people? Yeah, and why is that the thing? Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I can. Okay, so maybe you're supposed to come up with like an overly flowery uh, name for your your dog's stage name. Yeah. But why like D's nuts and stuff like that? Like, why are they coming up with weird D's nuts with pizzazz? Yeah, like what? <laughs> it's so strange. The the Brillo one is a little weird. Urchin's Brillo, like it sounds insulting. You are the Urchin's Brillo. It does sound insulting. I, it's so weird. That's odd. I I think someone needs to have a word with these people. They've clearly gone mad. <laughs> have you gone mad? All right. So this is the moment when the stuck up couple's dog gets disqualified for being aggressive. Does not look good. No, he this went after her like good. she's made out of ham. And I guess uh, he's oh getting the old heave ho. That's, uh, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. The dog has been excused. That's... She is gone. You don't get away from goddamn animal. Ah, it's a shame to see that happen. It's beautiful. But he's dog. still a champion. Oh yes. Even though yeah. he's sent off a disgrace, like Shoeless <laughs> Joe Jackson. He's out of the leagues, but we still talk about him today. <laughs> I like. I like. What I liked there was the American trying to make this dog stuff about something interesting <laughs> so he's like it's like this champion in another sport and he's still a legend he's disqualified but we still talk about him to this day like he's trying to connect with people like this this doesn't mean anything to people so i'm going to connect it to something that you could possibly understand yeah and i i, I kind of like that because i was feeling the same way i was like i okay this 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 is happening <laughs> this is happening and i don't like sports but i kind of appreciated that he was trying to help me understand things so the scene that follows, Sherry is getting a giant thing of popcorn. Did you relate to her in this moment? Um, it looked a little too greasy. I don't know if I would have eaten that popcorn. Mm. Ah, who's kidding who? If I had, didn't have a choice, I probably would. It's still popcorn at the end of the day. It's still popcorn. So is it right here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't a scene I wanted you to necessarily watch. but Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, I just recognized that that was about to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, uh, I, I wasn't sure I connected with her conundrum, mm-hmm. but... I guess just because she was going out there without makeup on? Like, is that why she was upset? Oh, no, she just, uh, she was worried that her stress was stressing out the shower and the dog. Why was she so stressed? What if Rhapsody and White didn't win again? But she didn't seem like she was all that invested. It's hard to tell because she just seems very wooden and stoic. So maybe she just wanted an excuse to to go out and eat eat popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I honestly didn't understand that scene. Okay. But I like popcorn, so that's fun. Uh, shout out to popcorn. <laughs> shout out to popcorn. <laughs> you are great. You're the real star. <laughs> uh, so my next one is 105. Okay. So this is the Better Call Saul couple, and they're watching Jane Lynch's hair on TV. We're going to see uh, hear a really good insult here. Is that hideous? 
What's that doing at the Mayflower? Oh my goodness. Um, you might want to see this. Mm -hmm. It's Miss Cummings. Uh-oh. Is it ever Miss oh. Cummings? Oh my God. Bob Mackie, where are you when we need you? She looks like a cocktail waitress on an oil rig or something. <laughs> a cocktail waitress on an oil rig. <laughs> So, first of all, that's... Is that some, a profession? <laughs> that's some powerful sass. <laughs> that is some powerful sass, but what? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's a great question. Are there cocktail waitresses on an oil rig? And if there were, would they look different than normal ones? I imagine they would look more, you know, like... <laughs> Rugged? A, yeah, well, like, you know, a server, like... I would say her appearance, the, the blue suit she's wearing... It's very reminiscent of an oil rig. Well, I was going to say, like, it, it almost, to me, her uniform that she's wearing. Uniform? Is that the right word? But uh, Pantsuit? Pantsuit. Like, it, it looks like something a flight attendant would wear or a flight steward more to me than, I would say, an oil rig. Maybe <laughs> maybe they meant, like, more like a cruise liner because that's also more uniformed. So this is kind of the same sort of refrain that I had about waxwork, that it was written in three days. This wasn't written. So that's why we're getting it things that don't make sense. Drafted in fifteen hours. It was drafted in fifteen hours, and I think it said it was sixteen pages long. Yeah. And so this is just dialogue people are coming up with on the spot. It doesn't necessarily make sense. <laughs> they might not have even been looking at her because you know they're just watching a fake TV. Yeah, exactly. So they probably didn't even know what she was going to look like. And so they're, they're just, just saying like, things. Insults. Yeah. This person. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I did laugh. I got. I chuckled at that because it didn't make any sense. Like, what is a cocktail waitress on an oil rig? <laughs> But I feel like that should be a, a thing. Yeah. You know, we, we can make it in our fantasy world for our next podcast. Indeed. That will be a returning. Yeah. Can you do a good voice for a cocktail waitress on an oil rig? I'll have I, I've to got, work on it. I've been, I've been doing characters. I feel like you should come up with a couple. Well, I, I do characters. Like my D&D characters have their own voices. So I feel like I can do characters. I just have to determine what would that sound like. Yeah. So like think right now. What First of all, you're on, you're on, a, you're on an oil rig, right? There's salt water spray kind of blowing through your hair. They never specified it was an offshore oil rig, did they? In my, This is the fantasy that I'm concocting for you. Oh, sea shanty. So you, you cl <laughs> close your eyes. Go there with me. We're on an oil rig. Oh, oh. You're s yeah. Zach and Allison's fantasies. We're on an <laughs> oil rig. That sounds weird. <laughs> Sorry. Not a little. <clears throat> uh, I would Nope. Oil rig. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound better than Zach Nelson's fantasy. Like, that sounded very bourgeois. <laughs> it does. Uh, all right, anyway. Um, sorry, close your eyes. You're on an oil rig. Your face is being slapped with sea foam and uh, jets, jet, floats them and jets them. And you're try you've got a little serving tray in one hand with martinis and cocktails. <laughs> See, you, you can hear the clinking, the sway of the ship. You've got people singing shanties. You've got people singing shanties on either side of you. You're walking up and you, you offer them a cocktail. And you say, excuse me, sir, would you like this insert name of cocktail here? And you say it in what voice? Seabreeze. <laughs> What voice do you use to address these shanty singers on an oil rig? See, I'm, I'm going to need to spend some time with this to develop this character. Well, let's just, is, is she is she a ditzy person? I, is she assertive? I would say she would have to be assertive. All right, she's assertive. Because, 
you know, these are gruff men about it. So they're, she's not going to put up with their sass. Does she if get, there's any sass? Does she give it back to them or does she give off an aura of don't even, don't even start with me? I would say don't even start with me. And then if they do, Oh, she can give it back. Okay. All right. So, but she, does she take it in, in, in good humor? Like she doesn't hold it against them. And she gives it back to them while saying, like, don't, okay, that's enough, but I'm going to give it back to you, son of a bitch. So if you chip away the layers of salt around her heart from all the sea salt, yeah, pure gold. Okay, so she's a, she's a good person underneath. Does she like these people that she's around? You would have to if you're on an oil rig with them, like offshore specifically, like it's pretty isolated. So you think she does this for the passion, not for the money? She likes <laughs> she likes my, serving cocktails to these gruff shanty singing people on an oil rig. These are my boys, and I take care of my boys. <laughs> How old is this person? Oh gosh, I imagine fifties. Oh, so she's in her fifties. All right, fifties. She doesn't take no nonsense. Mm-hmm. She does it for the passion with a heart of gold. She loves the guys around her, but she kind of she keeps them in her place. She, them, she's a their tough, place. She's a tough mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So she maybe she's got a raspy voice. Give me raspy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so on the spot. Like I like to rehearse and prepare. Ah, I'm not see on. improv is I enjoy it watching, but I don't like to participate because I like to I like to have something at the hip. Well, we've got a whole backstory for you now. <laughs> She's from Minnesota. 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 I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> drink drink your heels, boys. I'm from Minnesota. That's pirate. <laughs> yeah, that was a combination of pirate and Minnesota. <laughs> There's a lot of, but I mean, she kind of she she kind of is a combination of Minnesota and pirate at this point. <laughs> and eat your chili con corn, con carne, <laughs> I'm a brother. I came I came on this board. I'm one of the shanty singing people. <laughs> Yo, let me have one. I like how we think that people who man an oil rig are pirates. <laughs> Aren't they, though? Stealing oil from the earth. They're basically stealing the earth's booty. We're whalers on the moon. We carry a harpoon, but there ain't no whale, so we tell tall tales and sing our whaling tune. <laughs> so there you go. There it is. So what's her name? Margaret. Bertha. Bertha. <laughs> Well, no, I was just thinking, you know, Minnesota, part of, you know, I was thinking more of a biblical name. So Margaret kind of hit that or Mary. 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 She could be Mary. Magatha? Magatha? (laughs) Is that like a combination between Mary and Agatha? Magatha Misty. (laughs) It sounds very like mythological. Magatha. It's like you went to try to say Megara and it didn't work. <laughs> Magatha. It at once sounds ridiculous and kind of majestic. Magatha. Magatha. Like she, and then it sounds like ma- Maga and then it's... A little bit. But I mean, it's it also sounds kind of butch. And I don't know if she's supposed to be a butch sort of person. Then... I mean, she sounds like she is. Minnesota and pirate. Minnesota. You can, it, doesn't, it doesn't get much more butch than that. Tough, maybe not butch. Tough as nails. <laughs> so my next time stamp is 119. Okay. If we're giving up on all of our fancy improv. I know. All right. So I already did Better Call Saul couple, 119. All right, all right. I love how many people in this like small community that Cookie has slept with and how jealous Jerry gets. And equally impressive how much all of her suitors don't get that maybe they should drop it. I know. It's the same joke over and over again. <laughs> okay. 
And it's not the small community that she slept with. It's everybody in the world, apparently. Apparently, Eugene Levy wrote these songs. Cookie? Yeah. Cookie Googleman? I mean, yeah, my yeah. name's on the paper. Does this ring a bell? I'm not wearing underwear. <laughs> yeah. Bulge. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Bulge? Yeah. Get out of town. <laughs> it's me. You look fantastic. Me too. <clears throat> You've grown. I'm She's... growing right now, girl. Just looking at you. Yeah. That is the one and only time I've ever done it on a roller coaster. I, I like both of them. And we can, we can find I like how much you like it. It's just ridiculous. All right. No, that was my last timestamp. I'm ending it on a... I have Uno Mas. This is my last timestamp, and it's Jane Lynch couple, and they're talking about Bitch Magazine, which they've got off the ground. First of all, and I really like the sound of Bitch Magazine. I think that sounds like an interesting thing. That should be real. Mm-hmm. Talking about nothing but ladies and female dogs. Mm-hmm. But we're about to hear the return of an old classic. Um, she's generous. She's kind. She's sweet. And vice versa. Yeah. 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 You just changed my life. Uh, and uh, and uh, as it turns out, she's a dynamite in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, I'm sure. <laughs> Mutual, I'm sure. Mutual, I'm sure. So I don't know if that was a shout out to uh, White Christmas, but so that that's an old uh, Mae West trope. Who? Classic actress, like from the 30s and 40s. You'd figure I'd know this now. Now that I've seen a, f- a few black and white movies, I should know what I'm talking about. How? You who should. Hell, who the hell is that? <laughs> Although I have not taken in anybody's name except for Clark Gable. We, we haven't watched anything with Mae West. And Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. And I know that Humphrey Bogart used to love to play chess. Hmm. He would invite people to play chess with him, and he'd travel all over the world playing chess with exotic peoples of exotic nations. Huh. He was lousy at it, but he just enjoyed it. <laughs> that actually may have been true. I don't no, know. I don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I've got. You chill. Happy life not so much as a kiss my foot or half an apple. <laughs> I do love that she held that note. Half an apple. Well, I like that. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to tilt my computer away so you don't catch my ratings before they happen. You know what you reminded me of when we were doing improv character of uh, the cocktail waitress on an oil rig? Mm-hmm. Margaret or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What was her name? Mar- oh, God. I can't remember at this point. Damn it. Anyway. But your your uh, your style of improv reminded me of Leela's from Futurama. She's like, but I can be very spontaneous. It just takes me a while. <laughs> it's better that than uh, Michael Scott improv. And I have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No guns. Give me all your guns. Give me all your weapons. All right. And then he goes, whispers in the guy's ear. Why are you holding your hands up? He whispered to me that he has a gun. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> So, on to act four. The rose-tinted feels. All right, so there we are. Allison? Yes, I'm Allison. Hello. Hi. It's good to be here. How are you doing? This is our normal start time. (laughs) Anything for, yeah, exactly. Anything for personal news? You want to get into the episode? 
Uh, well, let me tell you a little story about a man named Jim. Oh, Jim Halpert? Yeah, Jimmy Jim Halpert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you the May story. May I call you Jimothy? <laughs> <laughs> James, Jimothy, can I call you Jimothy? <laughs> no, I'll tell you the story about Jim. His hair went from frumpy to model-like. Yes. How do you explain this? Uh, Karen Filippelli. Karen Filippelli. <laughs> she, she, she fixed him. Oh, did she? Is that when it happened? Yeah. They, I uh, think they how do you explain Pam? Her hair went from frumpy to uh, model-like also. Well, you have to match your partner, so like eventually you have to elevate. Oh, I see. So she had to elevate the second they started dating. Yeah, it's like, ooh, you got a little pert. I need to fix myself. <laughs> He's taking care of himself. Maybe I should too. Yeah, I just, you know, let myself go. Okay, all right, all right. How do you explain? Uh-huh. I guess that's about it. <laughs> just how do I explain well let me first I have a thought and then I expound upon it oh that's standard yeah yeah <laughs> pretty <laughs> usual I feel <laughs> but how do you respond to this was this movie as good as you remember okay so I have been I'll say on a journey with this film when I was younger and it first came out I didn't like this film I was only 15 and I wasn't, I'll say, cerebral enough at the time to really get the kind of dry, tongue-in-cheek humor of this movie. It was only after I got older and saw it in my adult years uh, that I appreciated and discovered that I liked it. Fair enough. So was it as good as I remember? Modern Allison, yes. 15-year-old Allison, why am I watching this? <laughs> well, but from that perspective, you would like it a lot better than when you saw it as you, when you were 15. Yes, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So has your perspective on anything, any elements of this movie changed over the years? I mean, I would say that my bigger understanding of the worlds and the type of uh, the worlds, the world, <laughs> <laughs> the multiverse of the car multiverse. shows, I mean, car shows, dog shows <laughs> and car shows um, in some universes and the, the different types of people that live here, you know, that that's grown and changed. And so I think that's what's made this movie more absorbable to me as an adult than when I was a kid. Did you write a review on IMDb? No. Okay. There was a review on IMDb that sounded very similar to that. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> so like uh, like the scene with Cookie and Gary when they were trying to be hip in the get-to-know-you function at the hotel, I never appreciated as a 15-year-old. Like I got that it was cringy, but I didn't get how forced and awkward those interactions were mm -hmm. until I was adult. So my perspective, I would say, yes, has changed, but it's being able to understand uh, a little bit more of what they were going for. I gotcha. All right. Yeah. But what about you? What are your overall thoughts? Well, so. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> about halfway through, I thought I was going to hate the movie entirely. Mm -hmm. And I did. Just kidding. But I only laughed at it, not with it, if that makes any sense. So I, I, I laughed at how not funny the moments were. Okay. Like I could tell, like I could, I watched it. I was like, I, there's, that's the joke. Sure. But it's not funny anyway. So that, that was my experience for the, the first half of it. But around when the, the show actually started, I've kind of found something that I could like the commentators. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really, that was kind of all I liked about this movie was them. I, I did not like any of the couples. None of them were charming. None of them were amusing. They were all different stereotypes and it was one note. It was the same joke over and over for each couple. I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. 
I'm stuck up, I'm stuck up, I'm stuck up, I'm stuck up, I'm stuck up. I've slept with everybody, I've slept with everybody, I've slept with everybody. It was the same joke over and over again. And, like, there's nothing less... Uh, I don't know how this episode's going to come off, really, because there's kind of nothing less funny than analyzing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had a good time analyzing some of the comedic scenes in other films. Yeah, that's true. And then films that were... I We don't know if they were intending to be funny or not. We, like, Waxworks. <laughs> Waxworks. Well, see, that's that's... I thought that was a funnier movie than this. Yeah, well, and uh, who knows with the intention. <laughs> well, that's kind of my point. So I think if this movie had been more of a drama. If it had been, like if they had actually meant it to be a drama, it would have been funnier. Okay. But the fact that they were trying to be funny pulled the funny out, I think. It insists upon itself. Well, kind of, actually. That that exact critique of it, I think, applies. They were, like, you could tell every scene, like, here's the joke. Do you get it? Do you, do you get the joke? <laughs> like, yeah, all right. All right, you, you're stuck up. I got it. <laughs> like, oh 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 are we gonna talk about eugene levy's teeth <laughs> i don't understand that character choice like it, 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 he already has prominent features prominent teeth yeah he he is a man with some two fists and some eyebrows yeah oh gosh they, they look like they're two caterpillars having a fight across his face and like, also he accentuates them with a really thick upper frame on his glasses yeah yeah <laughs> Which is an oh, odd i loved the picture that they showed at the beginning of him when he was younger Oh, with the big bowl cut? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, man. <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, un- unfortunate. Is, you, you could tell he did not have an easy high school life. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's it seemed like, forget the character choice, like they were trying to make him even goofier looking than he already is in real life. No, really, I have two left feet. <laughs> yeah, and that was another thing, like, that was something that would be in Scary Movie. You know, it's just over Take the top. My strong hand. It's just over the top zany. Like, oh, he's got two left feet. Or like, this is the sort of thing that would be in kind of a, uh, what, who's the director of the Farley Brothers? Mm-hmm. It's It seems like that was the sort of choice that would be in a Farley Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Except this isn't a Farley Brothers movie. Like, that, that, they create a whole universe where everything is kind of zany and, and it's much more heightened. This one was supposed to be grounded, but like they also had goofy elements like that that br- brings you out of the grounding. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I didn't like the the two left feet, the big teeth. I I didn't see the point in it, but it just looked really fake. Like they didn't do it well. Yeah, it looked like he had like chiclets in his. Yeah, it looked like they just plopped something on top of his teeth in the the like Which the first four teeth. They probably did like a yeah. flipper or something. Yeah, yeah. it's just, I mean they could have done a better job on that. Yeah. And this is actually not, my last point on my overall thoughts is not really related to the movie, but more to dog shows. They had like all these people running around in like full suits with their dogs. Yeah. Can't they wear something a little bit more comfortable or athletic if they're going to be running around a lot? Well, it's supposed to be like a formal showing. It's supposed to look like uh, affluence and you're supposed to be this backdrop for your dog. Actually, it's kind of funny. My mom used to say like, it's always really unfortunate when they have a really unattractive person showing a dog because she said it's not fair to the dog. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in a way, she's not wrong. No, because regardless of how we should be, mm -hmm. that is going to color people's opinions. Yeah, yeah. If you had a really sensual buxom man uh walking a dog around people are going to respond positively yeah it's kind of like the boat shows but with dogs and you just need like a like someone slapping the the side of the boat that's right (laughs) (laughs) uh so anyway those are my overall thoughts on the movie okay uh rebuttal well i i don't really feel like um 
it, it just was not to your taste, your your personal brand of humor. You didn't enjoy that kind of lingering well, um, but see, awkwardness. I, yeah. But I do. And you know I do. I love like the British office, which is the most lingering kind of awkward experience you can have. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And dry humor. You know, I love that. That's why I thought this was going to be a hit for you. Because the... I, I get why it isn't, but and I yeah, and I, I I'm trying to figure it out myself. Like, and I'm that's why I'm kind of going into detail, kind of trying to analyze the comedy of this movie, mm-hmm. because maybe on paper I should have liked it, but but it missed the mark. I don't know. It all seemed very predictable, very kind of telegraphed where they were going with things, hmm. and I don't know if that's because again, not to harp on it, but they didn't actually write a script. Everybody was just improvising. Doing their own thing. Yeah, I mean, and I guess some of the things that the the kind of kookier personality quirks of people, I, I really enjoyed, but it seemed like you really didn't. So it's, I, I didn't take it to mean like to that the actors were being like, okay, my character is stuck up bitch one. I have to be stuck up bitch, stuck up bitch. Like I, I didn't get that. Like I got that they were making choices like the busy bee fights and the, catalog and the weird uncomfortable like oh he's so funny and I just thought that was really sexy like you know just that that kind of character insistence like I I felt that they were really able to play in their space and kind of develop the characters they were seeking to create like the I think where they were the most natural and comfortable and I thought it was more showcasing where the scenes where we were able to integrate more characters together because they didn't have a direct impact on how the person was responding so when cookie and jerry were there with the better call Saul couple you called them or where the redneck guy was with the yuppies you know like because i i thought what the movie could have used more was those interactions where they were playing in the space together and just seeing what came out and i am curious if any of that ended up on the the floor when they cut those 60 hours of film. Yeah, I don't know. And you're saying that you think that they, they made a lot of good choices to develop their characters. And I think one of my biggest problems with it was that I didn't see any development of characters. They all mm-hmm. seemed to have one note that they hit every time they were in a scene. They were, they were kind of hitting the same note. Okay. They were kind of playing off the same joke. Yeah. And I, I can see that to, to me, I think it just, whatever they were doing worked for me and it just didn't work for you. And that that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, you know, it, it's, it's a combination of styles that I guess, I don't know if it graded on me. That's not the right word. Cause this, it, the movie didn't annoy me like Temple of Doom did. <laughs> this well, mo- You didn't want to like specifically drive out, seek someone out and demand a redo. Like, yeah. Fix it. <laughs> fix this thing. No, I mean, honestly, this movie, it was just boring. Like it, it didn't make me laugh. It didn't make me angry. I didn't have like, there weren't glaring problems with the story or, you know, anybody. It's, it just was kind of. Well, 15 year old Allison is on your side. Yeah. And so maybe in another while, I'll think that this is comic genius. You know, at the end of the month, when you turn 30, suddenly. You'll All be of a like, sudden, oh, I get it now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a second. They're gay. That's why it's funny. Leather pants. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Man, I miss my youth. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, I finally get this movie. On the other hand, I'm old. Like, I feel like it's like Logan's run. Like, my hand is starting to, like, flash red. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> Have you seen Logan's run? No. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't oh. seen that. Oh, okay. That's an interesting sci-fi film. It, it might be one worth watching at some point. What year is it? 1976. Well, um, yeah. Had different, you know, but that's a mark of good art. Different people come into it have different responses. If everyone had the same response to art, how boring would that be? Very. It's like, you know, I don't care for Jackson Pollock paintings because I don't I don't get the the major emotional impressions that people seem to be able to derive from it and I think the people that identify them are kind of pretentious. Just like people who say pretentious instead of pretentious. I think that he is a genius and I name, think Can you name one of his paintings? Yeah, the one with all the dots and splatters. That is all of his paintings. I can't believe you would say that. His paintings have splatters and slashes and splotches and dots and all sorts of things. Different color combinations. It's like a spiral graph, but not. I can't believe that you would reduce him to just splashes. Is that what you said? <laughs> You're so offended you can't even talk about it. <laughs> I can't even keep all of these thoughts in my own head. So Zach and Allison. Mm-hmm. Did this contribute, no, anything to, nope, cinema? <laughs> so, um, okay. I would say a no but. Okay? okay. It's a loaded It's a loaded no. Okay. Okay. So, um, this is going to be a complicated but. Yeah, all my butts are complicated. <laughs> so, I would say that it brought more awareness to a very specific type of Christopher Guest type of film you know that mockumentary style they weren't really main stage and this opened eyes back to the genre though in the same breath this is final tie-up did come out in 84 and was successful so i think this just was like a reawakening of a genre mm. but that doesn't mean that it contributed something to it like it it reawakened people to say oh yeah christopher guest yeah but this is 2000s yeah this is uh yeah. Now, would you say anything needed to be changed? So I don't think it reawakened it, though. I think The Office reawakened that. I don't think anybody's heard of this movie. That's like, not true. I know it's not true, but I mean, I th I think that if you ask people for like a Christopher Guest mockumentary, they're going to say Spinal Tap. I think that's still the more well-known one. That also had music. This film didn't have any music. Yeah, so I, I don't think that this one did so much to reawaken anything. I think when The Office came around, that that's what started the new fashion of making TV shows into mockumentary-style things. Mm -hmm. So if anything reawakened it, I think it would be The uh, British Office, in my opinion. Well, there you go. So, contributed anything to cinema, in my opinion? I take it as a... <laughs> I think you just need to add the sound back to the board. That's just the wah-wah-wahs. So, would anything need to be changed for a modern audience? Uh, I think there's some outdated jokes in there that may need to be revisited and modern yuppies like they would need to be updated. But yep. it, it's it's weird because when I think of a traditional kind of niche dog show thing, I don't think it, it really hit any sensitive nerves on there. Like so it, it just nothing too crazy. I mean, the the gay men stereotype guys, those would need to be updated, definitely. Yeah, you said that some of the jokes would need... <laughs> I would update all of the jokes. Um, and make them funny. Actually, yeah. I mean, either I would script the the whole thing, 
so that you could be sure that there would be funny moments in it. Wouldn't have to rely on the, the cast. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think that people re- rely too much on improv when it's supposed to be like a narrative like this. Have more scripting. Just do it. It, it sounds romantic to think that we're going to get something unique and interesting, but really I, I've listened to a lot of improv and it, it, it usually comes down to the same kind of jokes. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you've got to, you've got to write some in so you can have callbacks so that you can have, you know, uh, a complicated arc for a character that you can't build in necessarily if you're improving. I'm just going to predict that you had, you struggled with the rose ceremony. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really know who to give things to. Yeah. However, if we'd like to move on to the Rose Awards ceremony. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, now be quiet. Okay. So, uh, Rose, I gave to Eugene Levy. After much contemplation, I kind of just threw it at him. I didn't really care that much. I was just like, here, you can have it. I mean, he did have a good character triumph. Like, he didn't want to be the shower. He wanted to be more behind the scenes. And then he stepped into the light. With Winky. Yes, that's exactly, those were my reasons. You know, he was he was kind of like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. He didn't want all of the, the responsibility, but it was thrust on him, and he came through. So good for him. Kind of like a Frodo. Kind of like, exactly like a Frodo. So I gave mine to Winky. Little Winky? Which mm-hmm. one was Winky? Winky was the winning dog, the Norwich Terrier. The one that you wanted to bloop the tongue. Oh, he was so cute. Yeah. I'll give him my love award, actually. Because at the most basic level, Winky really guided the story. It was his triumphant journey. Winky won the show. I know. Eugene Levy didn't win it. Winky won it. Winky won it. Eugene Levy was there to hold him up. But Winky wouldn't have won it if Eugene Levy had given up on things. It's true. Like, if they did... Actually, if the hotel manager hadn't let them stay... I actually originally had given it to the hotel manager. He's pretty good. But we didn't see him after a while, so I was like, I don't know if I can give it to him. He was a great character, though. I did like him. He just yeah, I think he was I one love, of the only people that actually played it straight, I felt like. Oh, God. I love the interaction, and I, I am sad I didn't timestamp it, where Eugene Levy and the hotel manager are talking, and he's just talking about the weather, and the manager is doing something that I've done in customer service, where I just kind of politely nod like I'm listening to them, but it's the most boring story you've ever heard. Like, Yeah, he's like, I was in West Virginia, and it was overcast, and then, and we then went to Pen- Pen- And then in Pennsylvania. It was still overcast. It was still overcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Rose, you gave to Winky. All right, Thorn. I didn't know who to give it to because there wasn't really... A story. Well, I was gonna like an, an antagonistic yeah, there was, story. Yeah. yeah, so... There wasn't, there wasn't conflict between anybody. There was no built-in story. There was no script. Yeah, so I, I left my Thorn blank because there wasn't anyone to just, you know, subscribe to that antagonistic role. Samesies. Pound it. So, so do you... You said you love Winky. Uh, for my love award, I gave it to the commentators, and I have now also added Winky. So I really loved uh, the Bloodhound and his human. You know, there was just something really sweet and humble about those characters. Like, it, they seem so out of place at a dog show, but a Bloodhound is part of a dog show. So, it you know, it makes sense for the, it, like, it just, there was just something good natured and cute about them. Uh, so did you see the, I guess you must have, obviously, the, but we didn't timestamp it, the, the thing after the credits or maybe just before the credits when he was doing his like show yeah, on stage. The, the old folks home. And see, that, that was another thing. It was just so over the top. Nobody's that bad. <laughs> he's precious. Like he just. He's completely unself-aware about how ridiculous he looks. He can't and, spin the rope. And I just, you know, I wanted to, to drive my mom crazy. So it just started listing nuts and <laughs> macadamia nuts. 
pistachio nut. Right. And, <laughs> the, and, pistachio nut. and the documentarians kept the, all of this in because they thought the audiences would love to hear it. And I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, hate award. Mm-hmm. Die, yuppie scum. I didn't give it to anybody. Oh, he didn't. He I didn't care about anyone enough to hate them. Well, there you go. There you go. All right, rating time. So I, I said genre dry mockumentary. But I guess you could also call it a, a guest mockumentary. I just call it a comedy, but well, if I'm going to give it a mockumentary score, Ooh. I'm going to lower it. I was scratching your dog, and it built up a static shock, and then my ears both got shocked through the speakers. That was awful. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That'll show you for playing with physics. Yeah, how dare. How dare. My hair is just going to start. <laughs> <laughs> it just slowly. <laughs> All right, so what would you give the rating for mockumentary? I gave it a 7 out of 10 for a mockumentary. All right. All right. All right. It's fair enough. I gave it a 1. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, uh the my my pros is, you know, I loved uh that the characters were able to drive their own story, which is what you hated about it. So, I guess that really kind of speaks to the I well, no, I think that that can definitely lead people astray more often than not. It's possible to do improv well mm-hmm. and to plan things out ahead of time so you can create the, the arc and things like that and things can be well crafted. I'm not saying that improv is evil, but people go astray much more often than not and I think they went astray in this movie. Okay. Uh, my pros, the commentators. My cons, everyone else. <laughs> or everything else, I should say, including the crew and everybody. Directing, what would you give it? I gave it a 4 out of 10. Ooh. Um, my, my pro is that the director took a lot of time to cherry pick his team and then really trusted in them to tell a story. Mistake. My con, <laughs> you know, in doing research about the movie is guests really let the actors just kind of run wild and only gave them a starting point and an end point. And I do wonder what more structure could have done for the film. Yeah. For directing, I gave it a three out of 10, which is not a one. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Pros, there were no glaring problems with like inconsistencies or mistakes anywhere as far as I could tell. So, you know, good, good there. (laughs) (laughs) Cons, uh, it wasn't compelling to watch. I didn't think there was a soul. I I think you and I will probably be of the same note on the music rating. Oh, possibly. Uh, I wasn't really sure what to give the music. I gave it a two. Oh, you were more generous than I was. You see, I don't know. Maybe I should give it a one. See, I gave it a one because I... There was no songs in it except for the the weird songs that Koki, uh, Koki, Cookie, <laughs> coked Co- up, Koki and uh, Cherry sang. Like, so there wasn't anything else. What about wasn't there music when What's His Face was on stage, or maybe it was the credits that I'm thinking about? I can't remember. I, I, my my note was cons. Whenever I noticed music, I didn't like it. So maybe that should be a one. Yeah, because I mean, like uh, when the guy's driving, he does his little honky tonk song that he's singing. So there's no like ambient music. There's no, there's nothing for us to really digest. There's only kind of joking songs. Right. Yeah. And what that's kind of bothersome to me a little bit because documentaries have music. Mm-hmm. Like you can add music in to make it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should have. All right. Yeah. I'll drop it down to a one. I wasn't trying to convince you. Well, you did. So <laughs> writing. I gave it a three out of 10. Oh, see, I give it a one. Okay. Actually, I should give it a zero because he didn't write. 
So zero. So uh, my my I didn't really write a pro to the writing, but I did write down a con, which is that, you know, when you're basing your story on improvisation only, there is a lack of some structure. And so there wasn't a lot of writing invested into the film. They knew point A and point B, but they didn't flesh it that out. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. So my cons, I didn't have any pros, obviously. But my cons were, if you're going to make a comedy about people's stereotypes, that you have to make the punchlines less predictable. And honestly, just don't make it about stereotypes because stereotypes are predictable. <laughs> so, uh, and also, if you're not relying on comedy for your interest factor, then you've got to make the story more compelling. Mm-hmm. Or make a story. Acting? Acting. Acting. I gave it a six out of ten. Ooh. So I feel that the actors really shined and created memorable and interesting human parodies, although I understand you disagree with everything I just said. Interesting. Yes, I disagree with that. Parodies? I, I think they're... I think that's generous. They're they're encapsulated people of that time. Of that time. You know, the way back when. <laughs> In the 2000s. 21 years ago. Oh my God. I know, when I did that math yesterday, I'm like... <laughs> Fuck me, I'm old. <laughs> you know what's crazy though? Like looking back, I was looking up movies from my list mm-hmm. uh, that I was going to suggest to you, and it was like, uh, look at all the movies from the 2000s. And I was looking through them, like, wow, that, those don't seem that old. And then it's like from the 2010s. I was like, oh god, that's ten years later. And now those are like, we're not in that decade anymore either. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> holy moly. My cons were Parker Posey and Michael uh, Hitchcock. The characters they were portraying just to me were the scum of the earth. Like they just awful <laughs> yeah they were definitely uh i don't even know like what would you call that kind of person because yuppie they were yeah yuppies stuck up but like also shouting it at each other in the middle of a crowded place they're passive aggressive like wasps they, they're wasps that's what they are but they were also just flat out aggressive to yeah. each other yeah like straight up aggressive not passive at all don't look at the fat losers <laughs> <laughs> and freaks just look at me <laughs> his intensity there that made me laugh that was good. Anyway, so for acting, I gave it a one out of ten. Mm. And really, one is kind of generous. That's sad. But I think the the person who did the best acting was probably Home Alone Lady, Catherine O'Hara. Either well, either that or uh, I mean, I can't say anything bad about uh, Better Call Saul guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name, but he's a I mean, he's a great actor, and I mean, nobody had standout performances in my mind. But as far as like being grounded, that's what I was looking for. I thought that Better Call Saul guy and Home Alone Lady, I think they were the best. Everybody else was just kind of, they were in some weird middle ground between being grounded and, and goofy and over the top. Yeah, over the top while not being funny was my note. Anyway, what is your real rating for this movie? 6.5. All right, so if you had to guess. I'm going to guess that you said one. <laughs> you are so, you're right. Yeah, one. So my only note for this is, yeah, I gave it a one. Yeah, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom made me angry. This one didn't make me angry. I was just bored. Didn't make you a moot. Nope. Didn't make me anything. Well, what was your heart? One. Wow. Double ones. This is your lowest score yet. Yeah. And yet I don't hate, like I said, I don't hate this as much as I hate Indiana Jones. This I, this movie was just kind of dead air for me. Well, that's, that's disappointing. I'm sorry that I led yeah. you astray. Well, I I was feeling bad too. I I had to. I was <laughs> telling Price, I was like, I've got to go on and and break Allison's heart now. Yeah, because I really thought you were gonna love this movie. I know how you you hyped it up for me. I was expecting to like it too. And you know, I I never 
assume someone is going to rate late. Well, and I say someone, I never assume you're going to give something a seven out of 10. Yeah. So for me to make that conclusion showed how much I, I thought you were going to enjoy. Because yeah. to me, it kind of felt akin to Office season one, that kind of awkward moment strung together. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where my thought process was for you. Yeah, and that, and I think you had mentioned that that's the style of comedy it was, and I, I was looking forward to that because I really I like should, that style of maybe comedy. Maybe I shouldn't have. Yeah, well, I don't know. I uh, it's hard to say if maybe I didn't like it because I was comparing it to better things. But I, I mean, I really didn't. I didn't, wasn't going into it thinking about what you had told me. I didn't really go in with any preconceptions other than I knew that it was going to be about a dog show and it was going to have dry humor. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know it was a mockumentary. Uh, you might have told me and I just forgot. But I, I didn't go in with many preconceived notions at all. I don't know. <laughs> so what are we doing on our next episode? Well, let's let's transition to... Uh, what the hell? Let's transition to... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> I, I don't have a transition noise for Act 6 next time on RTR. And so I just kind of made something up. Yeah, I did. Not again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway... For the next movie, should I spend some time looking up something now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we can later okay. superimpose that into where we are here with your editing skills. Um, just spend some time thinking about it. We don't want to rush into a decision. Okay. So imagine I'm showing you the trailer now. Wow. I'm, I'm so excited to watch. Yeah, I know. Isn't this a really cool movie? I, I well, you wouldn't know, obviously, because you haven't seen it. But. You, you know, this is probably one of those films that I've always just meant to watch, and just for some reason, it, it, it's escaped me. You fool. I know. You weren't I, raised right. I was ignorant. <laughs> you were ignorant, but now you will be wise. Yes, and hopefully I will like it more than you liked this or Temple of Doom. So what would you predict you're going to like this movie? Oh, gosh, it, it's so hard to say. <laughs> I'm going to say that you're going to give this movie, wait for it, a 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10? Yeah. Wow. For for your real rating and for your heart rating, uh-huh. a nine out of 10. Wow. I think you're going to like this movie. Wow, wow, wee wow. Yeah, right? So Borat 2, here we come. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Have you seen the first Borat? I've seen the first Borat. I don't want to watch the second one because I've seen the first one. Uh, you didn't like the first one? Mm-mm. No, okay. See, I haven't seen the second one yet. I've heard bad things though. Yeah. Not bad, but I've just heard people are let down. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, so I, I'm glad that you selected a film that you feel so strongly about. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a good one. So uh, there we go. Hey, everybody, my name is Axpin, and I'm the producer here on the podcast. I, I don't come on here very often, but when I do, it's very important that you pay attention because I've got important information that Zach and Allison have left out of the podcast. They left out the whole next movie that they're going to be watching. Now, how are you going to be excited? I can't believe that they would have uh, had this kind of oversight. So, listen, the next movie that they're going to be watching is Ghost in the Shell. Now, I know what you're thinking. Is it going to be the cool Ghost in the Shell that was from, you know, 19... (laughs) And no, it's not, because that was the one that was critically acclaimed, right? Right, right. Well, this is the 2017 version, and this is the one that Zach has selected for them to watch for some reason. Now, I don't know why, but apparently he likes it. Look, this is the podcast episode for his 30th birthday. So let's all indulge him and see. Have some fun. Sit back and relax. And let's just indulge Zach in his uh, stupid choice of movies. Okay. That's that's what. Oh, and my nostalgia rating for this movie. Uh huh. 14. 14 out of 10. Yep. Really love this movie. So. Oh my gosh. You know what? What? 
I really think that people should go to Apple Podcasts and they should rate this a five star and give us a little review. Yeah, it it does. I cannot stress it enough. It means the world to your favorite Zach and Allison duo. Yep, it's going to make our hearts grow three sizes tomorrow. Yeah, but not in a fatal way, like not a medical condition way, more like a Susian safe way. Well, so my heart is actually undersized. So if you could make my heart bigger, I would really appreciate it. It might make cardio exercises better for you. So basically, you're holding me hostage right now. Not giving us a five-star review is actually damaging my health. His life is in your hands. And it, it, this you, is Zachary. This is and, did, you know, with your generous donations, <coughs> you could make his life better. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> Shut up. I'm talking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, I'm dying over he, here. He lives on a diet. That would make other people weep. And well, that part is true. He survives just on your reviews and applause and adoration. And how dare you not give it to him? Please surrender your reviews to a second need. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, I would also like to say thank you to Julian Crowhurst for the use of her theme song. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Caca! Thank you, Julie. We appreciate and still love our theme music. It's a great song, and you're a great man. Although, I haven't seen you active on the RDR, so maybe go in there and interact with your your fans. He did do a plug for us on his page. He's got a page? Well, for for his musics and such. We don't even have a page. Facebook page? Yes, we do. Oh, I I thought you meant like a real website. No, no. Facebook's not even real. Yeah, it's an illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much for listening. This has been our episode of Best in Show. I hope you liked it. I hope you liked the movie better than I did. Someone has to like it. Why why does it exist if other people don't like it too? Christopher Guest liked it. (laughs) And so did Eugene Levy. Yep. After he's like, okay, I guess I'm invested. I love that I read trivia that he uh, wrote the songs. (laughs) Wrote. (laughs) Bow wow. He should have spent less time writing those garbage songs and more time writing a script. <laughs> but everyone loves a terrier. Yes, they do. That's the name of the song. Oh. <laughs> well, that is, that's very true. All right. So thank you very much for listening. I've been Zach. I'm Allison. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye.